It's football time in the Mid-South. Live on the Mighty 990, your home for the Briarcrest Saints. It's the Magnolia Homes pregame show. Magnolia Homes, live life well. Now, from the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, here's Josh Rivera. We are back for Friday Night Lights, Memphis, and tonight, Josh Davis and Parker May are at Brentwood Academy in Nashville. As the Briarcrest Saints take on the Brentwood Eagles, this is the Mighty 990 pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. Last Friday, my game of the week did not disappoint as the Saints pulled out a narrow and exhilarating victory against Houston High School in Landers Ford Field, 29-28. The Mustangs punched Briarcrest in the mouth early as Damon Cesa made two early touchdowns and being up 21-0 in the second quarter. They were also up 28-13 in the fourth quarter. It seemed like they were going to let it slip away, but until... The backup, uh, the backup quarterback, uh, Cade Carlson, who was backing up J.D. Sherrod, with their backup quarterback, the reins were given to him, and it was his efforts late in the fourth quarter that sealed their comeback win. And Carlson's short run to the end zone put them down by one point, and a field goal made sense. I mean, a field goal, you would think, send it to overtime, and we'll see what can happen in overtime, but no. The Saints had other plans when they decided to go for the two-point conversion, which put them up one point. Carlson rolling. He has a man in the end zone. The ball is, the ball is caught. Two-point conversion is good. A beautiful catch that time by Briarcrest. And the Saints take the lead 29-28. Their defense sealed the game with an interception, which was spectacularly played, called by our play-by-play broadcasters, Josh Davis and Parker May. Sophomore quarterback Chandler Day moving his men around. He has Cisa in the backfield. He snaps it. He's back to pass. He's looking around. Got plenty of time. He's going to go deep. The ball is going to be intercepted by Briarcrest. Beautiful job. The ball is picked off at the 42-yard line, and Briarcrest will have the ball. And it's a smaller DB, Zach Williams, who's only 5'11", who was matched up against Brock Vice once again, and he wins that battle again. Forcing what could be the game-winning interception now with two minutes and 12 seconds. And the crazy part was that was the game-winning interception to seal the win. It was an exciting game to cover. It was an exciting game to listen to as well. We hope tonight's results are going to have about the same effect. Uh, I don't know if you can top that one, but we'll see. This week, though, number two in high school football, Briarcrest hopes to take last week's momentum to Nashville and win a big game against Brentwood Academy. In their matchup last year, the Saints beat the Eagles 17-7, and they hope to have some similar results. Brentwood could have been a 2-0 team as of now uh, had it not been for the 1.50-49 loss in overtime in their season opener versus Georgia's Eagles landing Christian Academy. But despite, their, but despite Brentwood's early season loss, they're still ranked the number nine team in Tennessee, according to Max Preps. They're a top team, t- top 10 team in the state, but Briarcrest stands at number 13. It'll be an interesting matchup. Will tonight be another statement win for the Saints, or will the Eagles prove that they're still a top 10 high school football team in Tennessee? When we come back, I'm going to go through some scores of some other games we have going on in the Memphis area. And uh, we also have an exclusive interview as well. I talked to head coach of the Collierville Dragons. I I talked to their head coach, Joe Riccone, and uh, we'll see what he has to say when we come back with these messages. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to our pregame show. I want to thank our sponsor, our pregame sponsor, Magnolia Homes Live Life Well. I want to thank our our play-by-play sponsor as well, EPM Appraisals, Evaluating Property in the Mid-South. We have an exciting game tonight. We have two big teams, Briarcrest, who came off an incredible and impressive win last week, I would say. 
They had an impressive comeback win against Houston High School, and they're going to be facing off in Nashville versus Brentwood Academy. They've always been a pretty, pretty elite team in, in Tennessee. So we'll see where they're going, where, what that game is going to result in later on. Our play-by-play coverage is going to be held by Josh Davis and Parker May, who've been doing an incredible job. So we're going to jump into some games going around in the Memphis area. And of course, I highlighted Briarcrest, who's looking to remain undefeated, and Brentwood, who's trying to prove that they're still a top team in Tennessee. As we also have a Christian Brothers and an Ensworth matchup. They're going to be at Nashville. They're going to be playing Ensworth. And uh, Christian Brothers ranked number 15, so they're looking to uh, get back on the winning column uh, to continue their winning uh, winning uh, ways. And they last week, they beat Sheffield 51-0. to Last year, they lost to Ensworth 45-19. to so they're looking for this game to not fall into a one-two hole. Um, last they they went five and two at home last year, three and three away. Clearly, they're a better home team. Uh, we'll see if they can rewrite the script on the away column. They're already one and zero at home, but zero and one away. They lost to Germantown in the season opener. If you remember that game, that game was pretty interesting. They started the game twenty to three at the half, but they dropped the game when the Red Devils scored twenty three in the second, and they held Christian Brothers scoreless. The thing is, Christian Brothers needs to build good habits. It's these habits that when, when when the important games come, those are the games that you end up dropping. They need to get in a rhythm of holding leads, not dropping them, um, and, and hopefully it can end good results. Jumping into Memphis University School, they're 1-1, one one, number 18 rank uh, in the Memphis area. They're going to be facing off against St. Benedict at Auburndale. MUS had a strong start to the season. They started playing Arlington, and they won 35-0. The Owls then played Germantown, and they started the game well. They were up 16-2 in the fourth quarter, but the win slipped away when the Germantown Red Devils came back, and they won 21-16. They only recorded 77 passing yards total, and they had an average QBR of 17.2%. That's not going to do it for them. However, their rushing yards were pretty good, so they're going to hope that, first of all, their QBR is going to be uplifted a little bit with a better passing game. And if they can maintain a good rushing yard again versus St. Benedict, uh, that, that should have some pretty good results for them this week. It should be a pretty easy matchup, though. They're playing SBA. They're 16-0 and all time against SBA. In 2020, SBA went 1-7. Last year, they went 0-10. And they lost last year to MUS 42-0. This is a, a St. Benedict team that's really been struggling as of late these last couple years. So MUS, uh, this should be a pretty easy win for them. Um, hoping to get back uh, in the winning column after a tough loss to Germantown. We're going to jump into uh, a regional, couple regional matchups. Region 8-6A, we have number 5 Houston. Um, again, uh, we've reiterated it multiple times. They had a, luff, a tough loss to Briarcrest in a tight game, as we all remember. The key player to watch, though, is Houston's Damon Sisa. He had a strong start versus Briarcrest last week with two opening touchdowns. They beat, 50, they beat Cordova last year 58-6. Just like MUS, I mean, this should be a pretty simple matchup for Houston. I mean, last year they had no effort beating Cordova pretty much. Cordova themselves, they were 1-9 last year. Their win versus St. Benedict this year so far it was their first win since September 24th of last year. They haven't won in almost a year. Um, so that that this should be a pretty easy night for Houston. I, I don't see them screwing this game up at all. We'll see what happens. And, of course, we'll keep you updated here in the Mighty 990 studios. Next game, we're going to jump to Bartlett and Arlington. Bartlett ranked number 14. Both teams are 1-1 one one right now, looking to improve to 2-1 for both 
Bartlett, they lost to Alabama High School powerhouse Hoover High in their home field last week. Their 49-point loss to Hoover was the worst since 2016, over 50 games ago. That's tough. I mean, you're looking at a Bartlett team that uh, maybe got a little bit over their heads traveling to uh, Alabama and, and just getting smacked right in the mouth. It's going to be a more grounded game as they're going to be playing Arlington, who last year went 2-8 and eight and lost all three of their away games, which is crucial because this game is in Bartlett. So Arlington, which had a rough, rough away record and put just a record overall, they're going to be going to a hostile environment in Bartlett, who's really hungry to get back in the winning column. They're probably, probably pretty upset about their rough loss in Alabama last week. We'll keep you updated as well. Last year, just to give you perspective, Arlington lost to Bartlett 42-21. to Bartlett expects to uh, kind of take care of business tonight against them. Um, jumping into number six, Germantown. Okay, this is my game of the week, actually. I know Briarcrest has a good game against Brentwood, but my personal game of the week to watch for is six, Germantown, and number 10, Whitehaven, both looking to start 3-0 in the season. This is an interesting tale of two really good teams. Whitehaven... Is it strong defense or is it easy matchups? Whitehaven held both teams they've played so far scoreless and scoring over 40 points themselves. They've only allowed 62.5 yards average so far. I mean, that defense is just destroying the first two teams they've played. Is it that or is it just they've kind of been playing easier teams? You look on the other side, Germantown, they defeated MUS 21-16 in odd fashion. MUS scored with a safety, a punt return, a block punt return, and Germantown returning the favor with a win with fumble returns, two kickoff returns, and also a safety. It's just a rare win. Um, no offensive touchdowns, but you know what? A win is a win. This is the interesting part of this is why this is the game of the week. Is this this is gonna be Whitehaven's first real test? Germantown, in my opinion, is more prepared with quality wins versus Christian Brothers and MUS big name schools. And I think Whitehaven has kind of had kind of an easy schedule. So this is going to be an interesting game. We'll see if Whitehaven is actually that good. They're going to have their first real test against Germantown. And Germantown probably wants to make some noise starting 3-0 and having three really impressive wins if they can pull this one out tonight. And then the final one before we go on break, I actually have an interview. I talked to Joe Racconi. He's the head coach of Collierville. Collierville is going to be playing White Station tonight. They're going to rank number seven, and they're going to be looking to remain undefeated. The Dragons, they also need a challenge, just like Whitehaven. They won the first two games, holding both teams scoreless, also scoring over 40 points. The victories are just too easy. I talked to Coach Conley a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me how excited he is to get this team um, some wins. And uh, last week, he secured his first win as a Spartan. He has a really big test tonight against Collierville. Will his presence make the difference, though? Last year, Collierville breezed by White Station 27-6. And I talked to Joe, uh, Coach Joe Racconi. I had some thoughts, and I, and I had a really interesting conversation. Just take a listen a little bit about what we talked about ahead of tonight's matchup against his former team, uh, White Station, who, you, who he actually used to coach for. I didn't know that. Take a listen. All right. Well, Coach, uh, we just want to start out, first of all, and just want to thank you for joining the interview and I wanted to ask this the first question that last year your team practically swept through the season until your loss in the playoffs. And I'm just curious how that has been a motivating factor coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Thanks for having me, first of all. And, um, you know, we've talked a, a lot about that. Um, we've referred a whole bunch to last year, but really more so uh, of a, you know, I keep saying it's a good blueprint of what those guys did, that senior class and the kids that were on that team that are back. Uh, but at the same token, we were using it as motivation, um, you know, to improve our team, improve our program and go further. We were not happy uh, that we got knocked out of playoffs when we did. Uh, we did lose to a good team and 
but we feel like we didn't perform at our best and, um, you know, we're sent home. So that is a motivating factor to kind of get better each week. And, you know, we're, we're just, you know, the old cliche, just trying to uh, take advantage of each week. And your first two games have been nothing short of impressive. I mean, you held both teams. You've played this season scoreless while putting up 40 points, over 40 points on the board yourself. And sometimes it's easy to get complacent when you're not only winning, but winning seemingly effortlessly. How important is it to stay consistent against easier teams so you don't build bad habits when you play more challenging games? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's always a challenge. Um, you know, we, we just kind of focus on just improving as a team. And, and you know, and, and, and even though we, you know, won in a large margin those first two games, uh, like you said, we know we're going to be some tougher teams, including this, this week, of course, um, you know, with White Station. You know, and also being our first region game, but you know that's going to be the toughest team we've played up to this point. But even with those first two wins being, you know, largely in our favor, uh, there was a whole lot that we we could improve on and need to improve on uh, as we move forward. And um, that was, you know, in a way encouraging. Um, you know that we. You know, played well, and the score was what it was. But you know, of course, everybody doesn't see the, the little things and watch film. It's like, all right, man, we got a lot. To, we got a lot of work on. But a lot of work to, to improve on, and and that's what we've been focusing on our our guys as well. And that's what I'm curious too. I'm just curious to know. I mean, you guys have had a great start so far, and I'm just curious if what specifically do you think your team still has to improve on? Yeah. So the things we talked about from the first two weeks. Um, you know, uh, first and foremost, we turned the ball over way too too many times. And uh, the flip side of that, you know, and, and talking about last year again, we um, last year we were we were averaging almost. I think we were like eight games into the season, and we were averaging almost um, six turnovers, forcing six turnovers a game. And last the last two weeks, we forced a couple and didn't you know didn't get on the ball, didn't intercept a couple passes. So we that was that was the first thing we 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 had too many turnovers on offense, and then we didn't um, capitalize on potential turnover opportunities on defense. So that was number one. And then the second two and three uh, things are just the fundamentals of football is blocking and tackling. We felt like we did not block well, particularly on the perimeter uh, with our receivers and tight ends, and um, and really. We didn't tackle very well. We had too many missed tackles the first two games. So those three things are, you know, most of the time are what most coaches look to um, be in the plus margin to, to win games. So, yeah, we won those first two games, but we didn't do well in those three major categories. So that's been a that's been the main things we've been focusing on these, this past week. Well, my final question is I'm just curious, just from a fan's perspective, I guess on a coach, is there a game you have marked on your calendar for the season? Yeah, White Station. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I, you know, I, we, we don't look ahead, and I know that's a cliche, but this is the next one. It's a big one. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I coached there for six years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the biggest game for us, for me, uh, right now, and that's all we're looking at, looking at. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for your time, and, I mean, good luck on the season, and I hope you have uh, more success to follow. Thank you, sir. 
was an interesting conversation I had with Coach Joe. And uh, like I said, they're going to be facing White Station tonight. Uh, kickoff is around 7 o'clock. I'll keep you updated on those scores. When I come back, I'm going to talk to John Varlis. And uh, as usual, we're going to talk some uh, Memphis football, get his, his, his opinion on what's going on around um, the city. And uh, we'll get all of that when we come back with this break. Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, live life well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. Hi, this is Rick Ditter, founder of Pure Financial Advisors. You know, there was a time when most people could work on their own cars. Cars were less complicated, and people seemed to have more free time. Now, many people don't even top up their own wiper fluid. Just like cars, investments have gotten more complicated, too. At Pure Financial Advisors, we professionally manage custom portfolios based on your needs. Whether you have $300,000 or $30 million, give us a call, 901-471-8100. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage, the Mighty 990. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. We're back with the pregame coverage of Briarcrest and Brentwood Academy. They're going to be facing off in Nashville. And uh, I just want to thank our pregame sponsors real quick, Magnolia Homes Live Life Well. Um, for sponsoring us. And on the phone with me, I have John Varlis. He is, of course, the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. And, John, I want to thank you again just for coming back and contributing. Always glad to help you, Josh. How's it going, buddy? It's going well. I'm excited for week three of football. It's kind of nice to see where some of these teams are going this early in the season. And, uh, actually, I want to start with question number one. I was really intrigued um, with tonight's matchup with Germantown and Whitehaven who are both looking to remain undefeated. And Whitehaven trampled through their first two wins. They held their opponents scoreless while putting up over 40. Meanwhile, Germantown has had a closer, I guess you could say quality wins over German uh, over, over Christian Brothers and MUS. Who's impressed you more this far? Boy, that, that's, a, that's a tough question, Josh. I, I, mean, cause, I mean, you laid it out perfectly. Whitehaven is 2-0, and but you know their, their schedule to this point hasn't been the hardest. And even though on paper... Germantown has had the better victories. I mean, you look at their, you look at how they actually played in those games. They played a, a bad first half against Christian Brothers. They played a good, a good second half against Christian Brothers, and then against MUS. You know, offensively they, they didn't play well at all, and their and their special teams and their defense kind of bailed them out in that one. So I, I think it's hard to know at this point. I think tonight's game is really going to tell a lot about you know who the who, who the best teams are in, in Region Eight Six A. And I mean, I think you can throw Collierville in that mix as well. Collierville is two and zero, but you know they haven't played a, a very challenging schedule either. So I, I think a lot is going to start to be determined tonight. Now that region play is underway. Yeah, I'm excited to to see how that game comes out to be. And I noticed Cade Carlson, who was the backup quarterback for Briarcrest. I mean, we didn't see this coming, and he, and I definitely didn't see this coming. He won the Daily Memphians Fan Vote Player of the Week for for your uh, for where you work. And, and I'm just curious, do you think the fans voted right? And if so, or if not, why? Well, I mean, there were some great there were some great candidates, but yeah, Cade had a great game. And considering that he's the you know the on paper he's the backup quarterback, and he goes in there against a, a really good Houston team, and and throws for 350 yards and leads, you know, leads a, a fourth quarter comeback like he did. Yeah, Cade was outstanding, and I, I mean, I, I, I mean, he certainly 
was worthy of a vote. I mean, there were some good good other guys to take from, but Kay was definitely worthy of a winner. And I'm curious, just to, to kind of finish off, I'm just curious, which game are you covering tonight? I'm in, I'm in here at Whitehaven. We got a great crowd already. Yep. The, uh, the, uh, German, a lot of Germantown people here, a ton of Whitehaven people are here, lots of alums. The class of 82 from Whitehaven is here. So, there's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere, and hopefully we'll have a great game to match it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, these are two teams like we just talked about. I mean, they're really trying to prove something. John, I want to thank you again, and we'll be watching out for your uh, play uh, by, with your live coverage, live tweeting, and we always appreciate your good work. Okay, thanks, Josh. You take care too, buddy. All right, take care. All right, that was John, and again, I want to thank him. He's always been a really great help and a great contributor to the show. It's going to finish this pregame show with talking a little bit more about what's going on around the league. We have more games, and I never realized before I did the show how many teams there are in the Mid-South it's been exciting to see, uh, I guess, just getting to know people, getting to know people through uh, meeting um, more contributors and stuff. And I'm excited to get to know more people. And we're going to jump into some more teams as well. Number one, Lausanne. Do you remember them? They defeated Southwind 44-15 to in their season opener. They had a bye week last week. So, yes, they're back tonight. They're going to be playing Wooddale. And, uh, you know, Lausanne looking to improve the 2-0, and remain undefeated. Wooddale should be a pretty easy victory. They're 0-2. Last year they beat 49, they beat Wooddale 49 to 0 when Brock Glenn, who's committed to Ohio State, their quarterback, he threw over 200 yards and four touchdowns. I think this bye week should last week's bye week should not be a problem. I mean, Lausanne has a very easy opponent to get back in their rhythm and remain undefeated. We're gonna jump into Millington Central and number 22 Covington. Covington defeated Jackson Northside 41 to 0 last week. Last year they beat Millington in a forfeit. The game never happened. Um, and they went on to go to 10 and 3 last year. We'll see where this game goes. They never got a chance to play last year. So that'll be an interesting matchup um, over there. And uh, FACS, FACS are gonna be playing. Harding Academy. I'm going to talk to Sherry Hopper in the halftime show, perhaps, to just see how it's going over there, and she's going to give us some updates on that game. At FACS, they dropped the first game of the season versus Clarksville Academy, if you remember. They bounced back with a good win uh, last week versus Kip Collegiate. This is going to be their third straight home game on their new turf. If you remember, FACS got some new turf recently, and uh, and I hope that helps. I mean, last year, FACS went 3-1 and one at home, and they lost all six games on the road. So you talk about um, having a really good home crowd. Um, FACS really is hoping that their their home field advantage is going to help them out tonight. I'm sure it will because Harding Academy, I mean, this is another school that just had some rough years these past couple of years. They went 1-7 last year. It should be a gimme game for the Crusaders um, to kind of improve to 2-1. and one. Um, Number 25, ECS, they're 1-1. One one. They're going to be playing Tupelo Christian, who's 0-1. ECS lost the first game to Endsworth 44-0, but they recovered with a win last week to tie their record to 1-1. One one. They beat Trinity Christian. And then Munford, they're, I mean, this is a team that is also looking to remain undefeated at 3-0. Right now they're 2-0. They're ranked number 13 in the Memphis area. They're going to be playing Douglas. Um, they, if you remember last week, uh, Munford beat... Millington 30-0 in the M&M Bowl, the, the infamous uh, M&M Bowl. Douglas, uh, this is this is quite uh, this is quite shocking. When I saw this stat, I was kind of astonished. Douglas, they haven't even recorded a single passing yard yet. They didn't attempt a pass in the first game, and then the second game they went 0-2 in attempts. I mean, that's that's that's. Uh, I mean, for Munford, that's where you got to hold them right there. You can't let them pass. Matter of fact, let them pass the ball. I mean, at this point, let them pass the ball. And if you don't, you already see the results for Douglas. Uh, Mumford should coast to a 3-0 start. That's my prediction for this game anyway. Um, Rossville and Marshall Academy both looking to secure their first win of the season. Um, Rossville, they went 1-9 last year. They lost 
to, to uh, Delta last, North Delta last week, 27 to 8. Marshall Academy, they went 7 and 3 last year. Right now, they're in an 0 and 2 hole to start the season. Um, if Marshall Academy wants to have any kind of good season like they did last year, they're going to have to pull one out against Rossville. Number 12, South Haven. They're looking for their first one of the season. They haven't even played a game this season so far. It's going to be their season opener. Last year, they went 9-4, and four and they had a strong home field advantage. They went 6-0 and oh at home. Why is that important? Because their first game of the season against Columbus, it's going to be a home game. So I'm, I'm expecting South Haven to pull out a good win. Um, they're obviously really good at home, and um, they're, they're a pretty good ranked team. Last game, uh, before we jump into the play-by-play coverage with uh, jo- uh, with uh, Josh Davis and Parker May, number three, South Panola, also their season opener. They're ranked number three in the Memphis area. They're going to be playing number 11, Oxford. Uh, last year, South Panola went 8-3 and three and went on a seven-game win streak. But this is the interesting part. They lost to Oxford last year in the playoffs, 35-28. to That's going to be an interesting rematch. Um, losing to Oxford in the playoffs, I mean, that's got to sting. And so they're going to be opening the first game against that opponent. And I'm sure they want to start 1-0 this year against a team that stole their dreams in a tough loss last year. But anyways, that's going to be it for tonight's uh, pregame show. We're going to jump into um, the the live uh, play-by-play coverage with uh, Josh Davis and Parker May. It's time to go to the press box at Briarcrest. Uh, I'm sorry, in Nashville this time, as they're going to be leading our play-by-play coverage. It's going to be powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. We're going to take a break. When we come back, they're going to jump us in. They're going to let us know what's going on in the field over there in Nashville. Live on the Mighty 990 KWAM, it's football time in Memphis. We're the Briarcrest Saints, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Briarcrest football, built on a firm foundation of faith, excellence, tradition, perseverance, teamwork, Christ-centered athletes of character. That's who we are. We are Briarcrest. Let's play some football. Now, live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, the Mighty 990 presents your Game of the Week. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. We are live in Nashville, Tennessee at Brentwood Academy, Carlton Flat Field, where tonight the Briarcrest Saints will take on the Eagles from Brentwood Academy. Briarcrest is coming out on the field as we speak. My name is Josh Davis. I'm being joined by Parker May. And, Parker, this, every week the stakes get a little bit higher. And this, tonight the Saints have a big division game against the Eagles. Yeah, huge test here for the Saints in week three, region opener for both teams. Briarcus coming off an incredible comeback win over Houston and Brentwood coming off of a win against CPA. Region opener for both teams, huge test for the Saints. And it's also the first game of the season for J.D. Sherrod as he makes his debut after being out the last two weeks. Let's see how we respond to this first game back. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that, especially after Cade Carlson played so well against uh, against uh, Houston last week, uh, leading them to that one point victory. By the way, Brentwood Academy's coming out on the field. Uh, so, yeah, what do you what do you think are the keys to the game tonight, Parker? Yeah, for Briar, Chris, you got to have a good start. First quarter was a huge struggle, falling behind twenty-one to nothing. And first game for Sherrod, you want to have a good, smooth start for him. Win the turnover battle. This team has done an amazing job at forcing turnovers. They forced nine turnovers through their two games. Don't let their quarterback, George McIntyre, get into the rhythm. McIntyre has yet to be sacked this season. Don't let him get into the smooth rhythm and limit the run game. Houston had 150 rushing yards in the first quarter. Don't let them replicate that with their running back, Deuce Scott. 
So we are about to get going here in Brentwood Academy. We had a little bit of a weather scare, but it looks like, I shouldn't even say it, but it looks like it's going to uh, go around us not. here. So they are starting the game on time. Brentwood Academy will be kicking off to Briarcrest. Back deep for the Saints, number six, Devin Johnson, and number 10, Reed Linder. And we are about to get underway here at Brentwood Academy up in Nashville. Interesting com configuration. The entire stands, all of them are on one side of the field, and then Parker and I are on the other side of the field on a big awning. Actually, a nice place to call a football game. And here we go. Number 32, Landon Baranas, the sophomore kicker for Brentwood Academy, get this one started. An exciting region opener. So Brentwood's about to kick up, kick off on the way. The ball is kicked. It is a deep one, and it's going to go all the way into the end zone. So Briarcrest will take over on the 20-yard line, first down and 10. And, yeah, for the first time all year, uh, we get to see uh, J.D. Sherrod in a quarterback. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how he starts this first quarter. Could be a little bit of rust, or he could get back in that smooth room that he finished last season with. But either way, the start to his senior campaign will begin right here at Brentwood Academy. and will be joined in the offensive huddle by Logan Taylor, Devin Johnson, Reed Linder, Max Carroll, Colin Collier at the skill positions. And then for the offensive line, Nate Bledsoe, Zach Green, Zeke Taylor, Ronnie Inamorato, and Cade Shivers. So Sherrod breaks huddle. He's walking up to the line. Briarcrest in white jerseys, green helmets, green pants, green numerals. And we are about to get underway here in Nashville. Ball on the 20, first and 10 Saints. Snap back to Sherrod. And uh, like a replay of last week, there is a whistle right as the ball is snapped. That'll yeah, be I feel like we got a whistle every other play last oh, week. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. So that'll be a five-yard penalty against Briarcrest. So, uh It'll be first and 15 back at the 15-yard line. Yeah, not the start. Coach Donaldson and the Saints won it on their first play. Sherrod at quarterback. Taylor in at running back. Sherrod takes a snap. He's going to fake the handoff. He does give it off. Big opener up to the 30, across the 30-yard line. Still plowing forward is the running back, Taylor. Big-time gain. I was a little surprised he started tonight, Parker, but uh, – that was a heck of a run by Taylor that time. Yeah, fantastic run by Taylor. And shout out to that left side of that offensive line, Nate Bledsoe and Zach Green, creating a huge opening for Taylor to run for the first, just short of the first down. Yeah, second down and two for Briar Crest. They're going to fake it to Taylor. They're going to throw it out to Linder. He's caught in the backfield. He'll turn up field. He looks like he probably got the first down. Let's see what the referees say. Yeah, got out to the 31, 32-yard line, so that'll be a first down Briar Crest. Yeah, that's Green Pass right there. That's where Linder's just so dangerous. When you get him out in space, he's very quick, very shifty for a short receiver. Very dangerous out there on the sideline in space. So first down and 10 for Briarcrest. Ball at the 32-yard line, J.D. Sherrod. That was his first completion of the year. He will hand it off to Taylor. This time not much running room, but Taylor, we, we talked about it last week, the thunder and lightning approach with Taylor being the thunder, and he moved the line of scrimmage a few yards that time. Yeah, Gander, two or three, and he mentioned the thunder and lightning. The other part of that lightning is JoJo Salim the junior running back. So they'll call it a gain of one. It'll be second down and nine for the Saints. We are just getting started here in Nashville at Brentwood Academy. Snap is back. There was some movement on the right side of the line. Let's see what the referees call it. Looks like it's going to be against Briarcrest. Saints off to a little bit of a slow start on the offensive line tonight. Yeah, second penalty already for the Saints. Yeah, a delayed game on the first, before the first play even happened. And then right there, 
false start on that right side of the offensive line. So second down and 14 for Briarcrest. we got 10 minutes and 49 seconds to go. Here in the first quarter, a division matchup. Briarcrest won this game last year 17-7. And there's the snap. Sherrod is back to pass, looking downfield. Now he's going to run with the ball. He's still looking downfield. He is going to throw it. He's got Carroll. Max Carroll goes up, makes a fantastic catch in traffic, and he will be down at the 49-yard line of Briarcrest. Another spectacular catch by Carroll. Unbelievable job by Sherrod and Carroll. That chemistry already showing on his first completion of the night to Carroll. Just lobs it up there in an unbelievable one-handed catch by Max Carroll for the Saints' first down. Briarcrest going quickly here, already up the line of scrimmage. He's going to fake the handoff. Side-handed throw to Carroll that time, hit him right in the numbers, but little off, a uh, little off kilter that time, and uh, Max wasn't able to come up with the catch. Yeah, just a little behind the intended target there, Max Carroll, as Joe DeSalim checks into the game for the first time tonight. The lightning. I shouldn't say that with all these clouds <laughs> around. Might be pressing our luck there. Yeah. Just testing it a little too much. Second and 10 for Sherrod on the 48. Ball is snapped. Given to JoJo Saline. He is wrapped up very quickly, though, after about a one-yard gain. So it's going to break up a third down and long for Briarcrest. Yeah, great job there by that interior of the defensive line by Brentwood Academy. That was number 50, Deuce Herford, the senior defensive tackle. So it'll be third down. Actually, really, they're going to call it about 10. He may have gotten a half a yard on that play. But So Briarcrest third and long here. Got three wide outs. They've got Carroll in at the wingback position. they got Salim at the running back. Brentwood's bringing some pressure. J.D. rolling out. He's going to throw the ball. Has a man, but it'll be incomplete. The ball was intended for number seven, Colin Collier. Yeah, just out of the reach of Colin Collier, but great coverage there by the Eagles. Number 23, Kobe Harmon, the sophomore defensive back, able to get a hand on that deflection. So Briarcrest uh, had a little bit of success on the first drive, but uh, it stalled out at midfield, so they will be punting the ball away. Bramlett back in at deep snapper. He suffered an injury last week, and yeah, but he's back Yeah, a minor tonight. concussion he suffered in the second quarter of that Houston game back tonight. Cooper Allen into punt. Snap is back. Good snap. He'll get the punt away. It's an end-over-end kick. Fair catch by Brentwood right at the 20-yard line. So that's where the Eagles will start. And I guess, Parker, we're a little bit excited to see their quarterback. He's very highly touted. Yeah, fantastic quarterback number 12, George McIntyre, the 6'6 sophomore. is a four-star recruit in the class of 2025. He's actually the second-highest-ranked quarterback in that class. And he's got a football family, Josh. His grandfather's a former Vandy coach, coached there for six years, and his uncle is currently the head coach at Florida International University. Yeah, Mike McIntyre. I, I got to know Mike a little bit when he was at Ole Miss. He actually had two stints with Ole Miss uh, and, I, and also coached at Memphis for a little while as a defensive coordinator. So Brentwood will see them for the first time on offense. Ball marked at about the 21-yard line. First and ten for the Eagles. A little windy here. Had some thunderstorms pop up. Fortunately, they seem to be missing us. Brentwood snaps the ball. They're going to hand – nope, he's going to fake the handoff, go back to pass. Has a man. It looks like it's tight end. That ball is going to be complete down around the 31-yard line. That should be enough for first down. Let's see what the referees say. Actually, he may be just a little bit short, so they'll call it a nine-yard gain, second down and one for the Eagles. Yeah, just a yard short. Great catch there by the senior tight end, Griffin Crop. Big kid. 
Yeah, great tight end for them, 6'4", 215. I think we will see him again tonight. So second and nine for Brentwood. McIntyre barking at the signals, and it looks like he may have taken a little bit too long because there's going to be referee blows his whistle, and actually Brentwood called a timeout. He was about to take too long, but the coaches called a timeout. Yeah, bailed him out there to delay a game. And McIntyre's been fantastic to start his sophomore campaign. It's actually his first two varsity starts. I mean, there's two games this season. So far in his first two games, he's 39 for 56 for 450 yards passing with four touchdowns, zero interceptions. And also, shout out to his offensive line. He hasn't even been sacked yet this season. Yeah, they played two games uh, two, against two very good opponents. And, and so far, he is his jersey has not gotten dirty yet. So. No, you're used to your jersey getting dirty and you're having to have it getting washed, but no, he hasn't had to do that, and that's a huge credit to his offensive line. And that's one of the keys to the game, I think, for the Saints is get him off balance. Yeah. Have him, make him uncomfortable tonight, and if you can turn that around for the Eagles. Your key to this game would be get Sherrod uncomfortable and protect your quarterback. He's had a fantastic start to his varsity campaign this year, and they wanted him to continue that tonight. So Brentwood is back out on the field. They are lined up and ready to call their play. McIntyre. Looking around, claps his hands, takes the snaps, going to fake to actually give the ball this time. Their big running back up the middle up to the 40, 45, 46-yard line. That's going to be about a 15-yard gain for Brentwood and a first down. Yeah, that was her dominant running back, number 40, Deuce Scott, the six foot, 195-pound senior who already has seven touchdowns through the first two games of their season. So Brentwood moving very quickly. They're going to give it to him again. He's right up the middle again this time. Nice game, but Briarcrest bottled it up a little bit better that time. Yeah, a little bit better on the run coverage. Great tackle there by the defensive tackle, Nate Bledsoe, the Rice commit. Still got about five or six yards, so they're going to call it second down and four. Hand off to the number 40 again. He's going to go right up field, and he will get a first down for Briarcrest. And this is very similar to last week, uh, Parker May, the way the game got started last week against Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, Houston's running back, Damon Cesta, erupted for 150 yards in the first quarter, hoping if you're a Saints fan and not have a repeat of that as Max Carroll comes up and makes a tackle. But either way, a first and ten for the Eagles. So McIntyre. He's going to drop back to pass this time. Look at he's under pressure. Throws just really kind of got the ball out of there. He almost completed it for a very short gain. But uh, that time, great pressure by the Saints, and McIntyre just had to get rid of the football. Yeah, great job by the junior linebacker, Trey Davis, on the pressure. With the, I think they are going to say it was complete, but just got back to the line of scrimmage. Wow, looked like he dropped the ball. But, yeah, so it's second down and 10 uh, for Brent Wood. He's going to hand it off this time to Deuce Scott in a wide, big hole to the 30. Makes a move to the 25. Still on his feet all the way down to the 20. Several Saints. He drags about four Briarcrest Saints with him all the way to the six-yard line. I mean, 16-yard line. And yeah, Deuce Scott is the man so far. Yeah, very impressive start to this first quarter for Deuce Scott. And he's got some great blockers in front of that offensive line led by three-star recruits Andrew Peterson and Hank Weber. So Brentwood kind of takes a, a page out of the Lane Kiffin playbook. They like to line it up and just snap the ball, and that's what they're doing. They're going to fake the handoff, back to pass, throw in the end zone, has the big tight end down there, but he was double covered, and the ball is overthrown. Second down and 10 for Brentwood from, well, let's say, the 16-yard line. Yeah, much better coverage by Colin Collier there on the pass coverage. As the tight end, again, was the intended target, and some raindrops start to fall here. Yeah, a few little Brentwood raindrops. Academy. If you hear us scuffling, we may be moving the equipment back in a minute, but we will take care of it. Second down and 10, ball handed off to Scott. He's right up the middle this time. Briarcrest does a much better job. Uh, looks like he'll only gain about three on that play. Second down and seven. 
Yeah, great job of that interior defensive line with Cage Sivers and then Trey Third Davis coming in on the help of that tackle. Third down and seven for Brentwood. They are in red helmet, blue jerseys, gray pants. Kind of look like Ole Miss. McIntyre gives it to Scott. Scott trying to find a hole. He busts it to the outside. Now he cuts it up. He's going to be right down to about the first down yardage. It'll depend on where the referee spots the ball. Looks like he's going to be a little bit short, though. Yeah, yeah third fourth, down and one. I mean, fourth, fourth and one. And one. Yeah, that was a great run by Scott, being patient and waiting for his offensive tackles to set up something for him. For so they game. will go for it. They're not going to kick the field goal. They're trying to get Briarcrest to jump off sides, and they look like they may have done it. Yep, offsides against Briarcrest. Boy, you hate to see that, Parker. Yeah, it's a huge penalty. It moves them to first and goal for the Eagles, and again, it's a costly penalty. He had a chance to get off the field. He forced a fourth down, and now you got first and goal for the Eagles at the four-yard line. So instead of a field goal attempt, uh, Brentwood draws Briarcrest offsides. Now they have it first and down inside the five. They're going to give it to Scott. He's going to plow his way ahead. Nice job by Briarcrest that time. Gets it down to about the two-yard line. Yeah, great tackle by Cannon LaRusso. Coming up from the safety position to make a play. It's the huge defensive tackles for the Saints check-in with Nate Bledsoe and Zach Green manning the yeah. interior defensive line. Getting some of the big fellas up front. Second down, ball at the two-yard line. Brentwood about to punch it in the end zone, and they give it to Scott, and he will punch it in the end zone. So with six minutes and 14 seconds to go in the first quarter, Brentwood strikes first. It's six to nothing, Brentwood Eagles. Yeah, similar, very similar to what happened last week. They struggled against the run in the first quarter. And this team, you cannot get behind 21-0. This offense will continue to score on you. It looks like they got a kind of trick formation here lining up. Now yeah, they're looked doing like they the were going to go for two. Now they're going to fake it, and now they're going to send the kicking unit out. Yeah, they're doing the old everybody lines up on one side of the field, and then all of a sudden you everybody shifts, and, that, and the kicker runs out on the field. And uh, a lot of much ado about nothing. Yep. The snap is back, hold is down, kick is up. The kick looks good, and it is good. So with six minutes and 14 seconds to go, Brentwood leads seven to nothing. We will take a timeout, and we'll be back right after this radio break. Frame your stories for a lifetime. Rando Framing Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Framing Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Framing Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. We are back in Nashville, Tennessee at Brentwood Academy. Brentwood just took the lead over Briarcrest, 7 to nothing. There are 6 minutes and 14 seconds left to go in the ball game. Brentwood is about to kick off. We had to make a little slight adjustment there during the timeout as we're getting just a, a little bit of rain here, so uh, hopefully that will be all that we have. But anyway, Brentwood took it right down the field against the Saints, and now they're trying to get the kickoff uh, executed, but the ball got blown off the tee, so we'll try that all over again. Yeah, their kickoff specialist is number 32, Landon Berenice. And then their field goal kicker nailed that PAT was number 38, George Laster. So Briarcrest waiting for the kickoff. Brentwood kind of taking their time here. Looks like Linder and Johnson are back deep for the Saints. The kick is off, and it looks like it will go in the end zone, and it does. So two times in a row, Brentwood has kicked the ball 
into the end zone, so Briarcrest will have to start at the 20-yard line. So what do you look for this time, uh, Parker? Make some easy completions as you're sure I'd get the easy passes established and then see if we can get some more Joe Dostalim carries. Didn't see him much in that first shot, a lot more Logan Taylor. See if they can get the, that thunder and lightning duo established. So Briarcrest breaks the huddle, and once again we have some whistles. Let's see what's that, what that is all about. Referees seem to just be talking about something. It may have been a sideline warning or something like that. But Briarcrest will line up now. J.D. Sherrod in a quarterback. First action of the year for Mr. Sherrod, the highly touted quarterback coming into the season. Troy commitment. Snap is back. He hands the ball off. He breaks up the field. It's going to be a short game for Briarcrest that time. Gain looks like about three. Going to be second down and seven for the Saints. That was a fantastic tackle by the two-way player, Deuce Scott. He'll also play some linebacker for the Eagles, making a great tackle there on Logan Taylor. Yeah, I've heard enough of Deuce already. Looks like JoJo Salim has checked into the game at running back. Briarcrest has three wideouts to the right, one wideout to the left. Salim in the backfield, no tight ends. And Sherrod sends Salim in motion. He's going to throw it to him. He's high pass, and it's, oh, and that could have been a backwards pass. We'll see what the referee says. And I believe he's just going to call it incomplete. But uh, anyway, J.D. a little high with that one. Yeah, side referee ended up calling incomplete, but huge error by Sherrod. Had a little bit of space there for Salim, just overthrew him. Too much height on that ball. Now crucial third and seven for the Briarcrest Saints on their own 23. So the Saints with two wideouts to the right, two wideouts to the left, one back in the backfield. It looks like Brentwood jumped off sides, and they did. Off sides, number seven for Brentwood. Uh, Richard Griffin got a little bit anxious that time. Yeah, huge break for the Saints. Cuts it to third and two instead of a third and seven. So we're uh, we're adjusting as we on the fly here as the rain got a, just a little bit heavier for a second. So third down and two for Briarcrest. Sherrod in at quarterback. Salim at the running back. Got two wide outs to the left, one wide out to the right. Got Carroll in the wing back spot. Sherrod's going to keep it this time. He's going to cut up field. And I don't know. I don't think he got it. Now he'll be down at the 29-yard line. He had to get out to the 30, so it's going to bring up another fourth down for Briarcrest. A very unfair spot and a scary sight for Saints. Looks like number 55, Cage Shivers down, holding his knee as Coach Stewart and the training staff go out there to check on him. Yeah, that is uh, 55 Shivers, and he's uh, holding his knee, of course, last week. We had the situation at Houston when uh, on the first play of the game had the young man with a very serious knee, knee injury. I'm uh, uh, happy to say he did get proper medical care. I believe they operated on him that night, Parker, and he certainly has a long way to go, but uh, he's at least started the healing process. Yeah, long way to go, and I actually know the doctor that helped perform the surgery. It was a very successful surgery on him that Friday night. So, again, it's praying for a speedy recovery. So, yes, yeah, Shivers is walking off without just a ton of help, so hopefully he's okay. Briarcrest is about to line up again. Into punt for the Saints will be Cooper Allen. It is fourth down and one. The ball is on the 29. Saints needed to get to the 30. So, for the second time tonight, Cooper Allen will come in. A low snap. He fields it nicely. The ball was partially blocked. It's going to come down at about the 47-yard line and go out of bounds. Yeah, he lucky just to get that ball away, Parker. Yeah, huge error on the snap, way too low. Almost like it bounced to Sherrod, I mean to Allen, I should say. But there is a flag on the play. Interesting to see if this is possibly running into the kicker. Yeah, it is back there where that is a possibility. And, boy, what a break that would be. Yeah, for I think it is a Sherrod, Sherrod yeah. truck spot on the field. 
Offense coming back out on the field, so it looks like that penalty will go against uh, Brentwood. I never saw the signal. I'm assuming it is a running into the kicker. Yeah, huge break for the Saints offense. Stay on the field. You really got to get some momentum on this drive. As Brentwood kind of marched down that field pretty easily, especially with your two costly penalties on that drive. So first and ten, Briarcrest from the 34-yard line. Sherrod in, Saleem in the game as well. Four wideouts for the Saints. Saints, white jerseys, green helmets, snap the ball. Going to give it to Saleem. Actually, Sherrod keeps it. He's going to be tackled in the backfield for about a four-yard loss back at the 30-yard line. And right now the Saints are just having trouble with that defensive front from uh, Brentwood. Yeah, that was another huge tackle on Sherrod by number 40, Deuce Scott. Just looks like he does it all for this team. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's kind of like uh, last week, Reed Linder on both sides of the ball. Uh, we're hearing uh, Scott on both sides tonight for Brentwood. So Saints are about to snap it again at second down and 14. Snap is back. Uh, this Sherrod, kind of the same play. He faked it to uh, JoJo Saleem, but then kept the ball himself. And once again, there's just no room to run. May have got a half a yard, but that's about it. Yeah, interesting play calling so far on this drive. Two back-to-back read options and both pretty unsuccessful. So now third down and long for Briarcrest, third and 14. Saints need to get something going here on offense. They had the one first down on the first drive, but it's been uh, not much since then. Briarcrest, four wide outs, one running back. You've got Sherrod barking out the signals. He takes the snap. He's back to pass. He's under pressure. He throws it as a man wide open. That's Salim. He catches it at the 38, trying to get that down to the 40. He may be about one or two yards short and probably a couple of yards short of the first down, so that's going to bring up a fourth down and short for Briarcrest. Yeah, fourth and about two or three. Interested to see it, and it will be the punt team led by Coop Allen coming back on the field. Well, knowing the Brian Stewart's history, it wouldn't have shocked me to see him keep the offense on the field, but I guess he figures it's too early in the game to try that. Yeah, a little too early in the game, but definitely would not have surprised me if he would have sent Sherrod and the offense on the field. So, Cooper Allen back in the game to punt. Snap is back. It's a good one this time. He gets a nice kick, low-line driver, but it's going to be returnable, and it's caught up to the 30, up to the 35, up to the 40, out past the 42, the 43-yard line is the return man for Brentwood. Yeah, fantastic return by number 24, Kaysen Kalmas, the senior wide receiver, had a great game in week one, including a 37-yard receiving touchdown. So we get to see the Briarcrest defense again. This time, Brentwood has outstanding field position. Ball first and 10 at their own 43-yard line. Yeah, back-to-back drives for Brentwood. They've had great field position. This one's fantastic, as you said, on their own 44. So, Brentwood, with their star quarterback, George McIntyre, has the ball for the second time. They have three wideouts. They have a wing back. They have a running back in the game. And the ball will go to that running back. I'm sure that's Scott. I didn't see the number, but this time Briarcrest bottles him up immediately, and he may have actually lost a half a yard. It's actually their second running back, number seven, Richard Griffin, another senior running back. Oh, okay. So he, they actually give him credit for gaining a half a yard. We'll call it second down and nine for Brentwood. Once again, play action fake, back to pass, going deep, has a man, and right off his fingertips. Beautiful pass that time by McIntyre because his receiver was only open by maybe a half a yard. Put it really right in his hands, but right off his fingertips as well. 
An absolutely beautiful ball by McIntyre and the intended target there is number six, Jordan Barnes, just out of his reach. Brentwood going quickly again, back to pass again, looking. This time he's going to run the ball, gets hit. Ball is loose, but Brentwood immediately pounces on it. But that will bring up a fourth down and long for Brentwood. So, theoretically, we will see their punt team, and, yeah, here they come out on the field. Yeah, fantastic job by that Briarcrest defensive line on the coverage. McIntyre... McIntyre probably got a little bit uncomfortable there for the first time all season, but a great job by their center recovering that fumble. Yeah, popped right back to one of their offensive linemen. So uh, uh, a break for the Saints on the fumble, but a break for the how the fumble ended up for Brentwood. So they are into punt. They are motioning around, moving men around. Briarcrest moves with them. The snap is back. He has plenty of time to kick it. Kind of rolls out a booming kick. Salim will take it way back at the four-yard line. He better get upfield quickly. He's dancing around. He's up to the five. He's up to the 10. He's up to the 15, up to the 16, 17-yard line. And, ladies and gentlemen, that was one of the best 15-yard punt returns I've seen in a while. That was unbelievable. He <laughs> caught about the three-yard line. I'm like, oh, he's about to get stopped at the three. He looked like he's going to go in the end zone for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Makes three guys miss, even hurdles another guy to get up to about the 15 or 20-yard line. They'll spot him at about the 18. That yeah. was about the hardest 15 yards Slim's ever worked for in his life. Wow, well earned. He could have been tackled three or four different times, but he kept breaking those tackles and got it out to about the 18-yard line. Great job by JoJo. So, Logan Taylor looks to be back in at running back as the Saints are rotating the running backs tonight. Snap is back to Sherrod. He's rolling out. He's looking. He's under a little bit of pressure. Still rolling, still rolling. Now he's going to run the football and going to pick up a nice gain. He did a beautiful job that time, about nine yards for J.D. Uh, waited, waited, waited. Finally saw there was nothing there and took off and got a nice gainer. Yeah, great job by Sherrod. Scanning the field, being very patient, looking down fear for his options, but he's as a smarter quarterback, Sherrata, he figured out his time's up and he's got to run in. He's a very good on-the-run quarterback. Picks up nine on the play for second and one. Briarquist with the ball. About a minute 29 left to go in the first quarter. Snap is back. He's going to hand it off to Taylor this time. Taylor turns his shoulders upfield and just plows his way upfield for about two or three yards. That'll be a first down for Briarquist. Yeah, being up for another Saints first down, but great tackle by Luke Smith, the senior linebacker. So Briarcrest, I believe that's probably the second first down of the game, maybe third. Most of that was done by Sherrod on the scramble, nine-yard pickup, and so it'll be first and ten. Minute, just right at a minute to go here in the first quarter. Brentwood leading seven to nothing. Sherrod's got the ball. He faked the handoff. He's going to run it again. He cuts up the middle of the field, breaking tackles left and right. And once again, J.D. Sherrod will get nine yards and make it second down and one for the second time in a row. An unbelievable play by Shrey. Looked like he was going to get tackled at the line. scrimmage. just keeps evading tackles. Probably broke four tackles, and now he's got it down to about a second and two for the Saints. An unbelievable scramble by Sherrod on the read option. Really was. It's second down and a long one, really about two for Briar Crest. But you love these second shorts. Let's see what the Saints last time they handed it to Taylor. Let's see what they do this time. Snap is back, and they will fake it to Taylor. Sherrod's looking. He's under pressure. He's going to go down quickly. The ball is loose. Briarcrest, though, falls on it this time. And so the Saints keep possession. But, wow, that was a big-time mistake by Sherrod uh, having that, letting that ball get away from him. Yeah, interesting play call on a second and short. You got the whole playbook to use on that kind of play. And he, Sherrod and Coach Zanonson call up a deep pass, and Sherrod was under a huge amount of pressure. A great job by the, by the offensive line and Nate Bledsoe jumping on that football. 
So he goes from second down and two to third down and about 14 for Briarcrest. The ball's all the way back to the 26-yard line. Looks like we may not get another playoff before the quarter ends. There's only 10 seconds to go. And Sherrod's kind of walking around barking out signals. So he, the snap does get off. He's back to pass looking. He throws it downfield. He hits, has a man. That is number seven, uh, Colin Collier. But that's a very short gain, and it'll bring up a Briarcrest fourth down. And that will be the end of the first quarter. So at the end of the first quarter here from Nashville, Tennessee, it is Brentwood 7, Briarcrest 0. We will be back after this commercial break. Weimer's Jewelry is your home-owned, home-operated neighborhood jeweler. We're happy to support our community and wish our teams good and safe play. At Weimer's, we specialize in all forms of jewelry and watch repair. Watch batteries supplied and installed for just $6. Ring sizing, chain repair, and all forms of custom design with all work done in-house. So for your jewelry needs, come see us. We are Weimer's Jewelry, 7525 Stage Road, the shops of Appling Way. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. This is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. You may remember me from that other talk radio station. One of my core beliefs is that financial planning is about more than just money. It's about your whole life. You only get one chance to live the rest of your life, and there are no do-overs. Whether you have $300,000 or $30 million, if you want an advisor who's focused on your best financial life, give us a call at Peer Financial Advisors, 901-471-8100. And while we were away, a big, big play in this ball game. Cooper Allen came in to punt. Once again, there was a bad snap. It was low again. He was unable to field it this time, and he fumbled it at the 20-yard line. Brentwood recovers. So just like that, Brentwood is going to have the ball first and 10 at Briarcrest 20-yard line. And, wow, special team errors are really killing the Saints so far. Yeah, varying characteristic long snapping errors. Two of them already denied, and now George McIntyre and the Eagle offense have fantastic field position at the Saints' 20-yard line. So McIntyre takes the snap. He's going to hand it to Scott. Scott will cut up the middle of the field. He gets hit at the line of scrimmage, but he keeps breaking tackles. But he really never did go anywhere. But two or three Briarcrest Saints came up to throw him down for uh, maybe no gain, really. They put it right back down at the 20. Yeah, tackled right at the line of scrimmage. And great tackle there by JoJo Saleem finally bringing him down. JoJo Saleem going both ways tonight. McIntyre, the quarterback for Brentwood. Good-looking athlete. He will clap his hands, take the snap. He's back to pass. He's got plenty of time. He's rolling out now, looking down the field. He's going to throw it into the end zone. He has a man. The ball is caught, and he is in bounds. That will be a touchdown, Brentwood. And with 11 minutes and 18 seconds to go in the first quarter, I mean in the second quarter, Brentwood takes the lead, 13 to nothing. Absolutely a fantastic play by George McIntyre, firing his open receiver, Meyer Pereira. In the back right corner of the end zone, and just a beautiful play by McIntyre moving on the run, finding his receiver and taking its time, really showing great patience in the pocket. And once again, Bruin goes to the little fake yep. formation. 
they line up like they're on the left side of the field, and then the quarterback and some of the offensive players run off, and the kicking team runs in. And so they're going to do what everybody knew what they are going to do, and that's kick the extra point. I guess you do that all year, and eventually you call it. But anyway, the snap's down, the kick is up, kick looks good, and it is good. So with 11 minutes and 18 seconds to go till halftime, Briarcrest finds itself down 14 to nothing against Brentwood Academy. And we will be back with Briarcrest football right after this commercial break. Frame your stories for a lifetime. Rando Frame and Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Frame and Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Frame and Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. Uh, we are uh, back at Brentwood Academy. Brentwood just took the lead on, or stretched their lead on Briarcrest to 14 to nothing. The Eagles are about to kick off. They're placing the ball down at the 40-yard line. And, yeah, a couple of bad snaps have really come back to haunt Briarcrest early in the game, both on punts. Last time Briarcrest got away with it because of running into the kicker, but this time it didn't work out that way. Yeah, you can't really get away with running into the kick or it's just a straight fumble. Very unfortunate. Yeah. And once again, the Saints find themselves down early. See how the offense can respond here. And the kickoff, once again, is deep into the end zone. And so Briarcrest will get the ball first down and 10 at the 20-yard line. Yeah, three very impressive kickoffs so far by their kickoff specialist, Landon Baranas. I don't suspect he's gonna. we're going to see him pooch kicking. No. <laughs> when you got the guy who can just kick in the end zone. Now, that is the strategy for Coop Brown coming into tonight, but we have not, we've yet to see him kick off tonight. So the Saints back on offense. Ball is marked at the 20 yard line. It'll be first down and 10. JD Sherrod runs out on the field. He has the team huddled up, and now they are breaking the huddle and come out and have lined up. There are th- three wide receivers out to the left. Donaldson, it looks like, out here to the right, and the snap will go to Sherrod. He's going to keep the ball again, cut up the middle of the field. He has some yardage. He's going to get out to about the 27-yard line, so seven down. And so Sherrod's having some success to running the football tonight, Parker. Yeah, fantastic once again by Sherrod. He's very good at those read option plays, really great at selling it to the running back. That time it was Jodo Salim in at running back, and very mobile, very shifty quarterback, and that's what he continues to do is with Sherrod in there, playbook opens up for Coach Donaldson with a lot of more option plays. So the snap back to J.D. He's looking downfield. He's running with it. He kind of flips it up front to Salim, an underhanded pass, and JoJo knows what to do with it. He did fumble the football, though. Let's see what the referee calls. It looks like Briarcrest did get it back. So uh, disaster averted. First down Briarcrest at the 41-yard line of the Saints. A little fancy play there by Shrod, acting like he was going to keep it again and ended up pitching it to Salim. But he had another target there, Max Carroll, open right down on the sideline right in front of us. So, Sherrod barking at his signals. Brentwood almost jumped, but they didn't. They got back. So now he's looking over the sideline, getting the signals from the Briarcrest sideline. Plenty of time on the play clock, so J.D. goes up. Barks out some instructions to the offensive line, and we will go. The snap will happen now. They're going to give it to Salim this time. He tries to go up the middle. He bounces it to the outside, and he will get maybe about three yards, second down and seven for Briarcrest. 
Yeah, not a bad run once again by Salim. Really showing his patience once again, taking his time for the offensive line to set up his blocks. Yeah, it was a good three yards because he really looked like there was going to be nothing there, but JoJo kind of danced around, finally found just a sliver and got a three yards on first down. So second down and seven for Briarcrest. Play action. Fake going to throw a pass to Linder. Linder catches it. The ball is off. And Linder stays on his feet. He's down to the 40, down to the 35, inside the 35, still fighting his way all the way to the 30-yard line. I tell you, the Brentwood Academy defensive back broke on the ball. He almost got there, but he didn't. And then Linder made a great run after the catch. Yeah, fantastic passing placement there by Sherrod, putting it only where Linder could go get it just out of the arms of the Eagle defender. And once again, Linder showing how amazing he is in space, making a couple guys miss, breaking some tackles and fighting for yardage all the way up to the 30-yard line. First and 10, Briarcrest at the 30. Saints on the Eagles' side of the field. Back to pass is Sherrod. He's going to run it again, but now he throws it to Carroll. Carroll catches at 25, up to the 20. He breaks a tackle. He dives forward all the way down to the... 15-yard line, Max Carroll once again, beautiful, just great athleticism after the catch. Again, Sherrod showing his ability on the run, stepped up in the pocket, had a man wrapped around his leg, still able to fire that pass to Max Carroll, breaks a couple tackles, and now you got first and 10 for the Saints at the 15. So first down, Briarcrest, as they are knocking on the door. Eight minutes and 50 seconds to go here till halftime. J.D. Sherrod in the ball game, barking out signals. Once again, Brentwood almost jumped, but they didn't. So J.D. will back up, look to the sideline, get his signals, and go back up and call his play. Six seconds left on the play clock. There's the snap. Back to pass. Going to throw it high into the end zone. Where And yeah, that's got to be interference. Uh, wow. Did they not call interference on that? That Max Carroll was the intended receiver. The Brentwood defensive back literally wrapped both his arms around him <laughs> and kept him from going up high for the ball, but the referee didn't call anything. So Yeah, really interesting. I also think Max it was really unable to make that catch. Not a bad throwing ball by Sherrod. And that'll be second and ten from the fifteen. But yeah, really could have been pass interference right there. Well, both his arms were pinned against his body because the Brentwood defensive back, which I don't blame him. And he got away with it, so I guess it's a good play. If he so. got away with it, it's great coverage. Pitch out to Salim, and Brian, ooh, Brentwood was all over that play. That's going to be a loss of uh, about four for Briarcrest back to the 19-yard line. It's going to break up a third down and very long for the Saints. Yeah, the Brentwood Academy defense was all over that pitch play. Huge loss of about three, so third and 13, that crucial third down here for J.D. Sherrod in the Briarcrest offense. Yeah, and, and, you know, I know that Cade can make a field goal this long, but then I don't want to harp on this much. But with the snapping issues, you really want to get the first down here. Uh, and not even have to settle, even try to settle for three. So Sherrod's going to pass it out to Linder. Linder catches the ball in the backfield. He cuts up field. He's still on his feet. He's going to get down to about the 12-yard line. That'll be well short of the first down. It's going to bring up a fourth down and about six for the Saints. So far, Briarcrest offense is still on the field, and it looks like that's exactly what they're going to do. It's fourth down and six. Ball is on the 10-yard line. Saints need to get down to the six are about really to the four. So anyway, now uh, J.D. is going to come off of the sideline. That's going to be a timeout for Briarcrest. So they will take a timeout on the field. We will take one along with them. You're listening to Briarcrest Saints football here on KWAM 990, and we'll be back right after this commercial break. 
A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. APM Appraisals presents Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. APM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Welcome back to the EPM Appraisals Game of the Week. It is Briarcrest against Brentwood. The Saints, it is fourth down and six. The ball is actually on the 11-yard line. Briarcrest needs to get down to about the five. Uh, the Saints are not going to kick the field goal here. They are going to go for it deep in their own uh, territory. Snap is back. Sherrod looking under pressure. He's got to do something. He throws it, and the ball is going to fall. It may have actually been intercepted. No, it's going to fall to the ground incomplete. And so Brentwood will take back over. And, yeah, that play got kind of blown up very quickly there, Parker, by the uh, defensive line of Brentwood. Yeah, great job of the defensive line of Brentwood, but really a questionable play call by Coach Donaldson and Coach Stewart. You got a very good field goal kicker in Cooper Brown, but I get it. You have, you've had the long snap struggles, but make more sense there to kick the field goal when defensive line for the Eagles have been fantastic tonight. Yeah, J.D. was under pressure right from – what do you think about not kicking the field goal there? I probably would have kicked the field goal, but again, it, you're in a tough spot. You were down early last week. You're down early again this week, and this Brentwood Academy offense is fantastic, so – so this game is moving right along. Six minutes and 50 seconds to go till halftime. Brentwood runs a play. They're running it right up the middle of the field. It breaks uh, a tackle. That's number 40, Scott, and he's going to get it out to the 19-yard line. That's going to bring up a second down and short for Brentwood. Finally dragged down by number 24, Brock Lessig. So Brentwood is going to be second down really in about three. There's the snap. Going to give it to Scott again. This time, Briarcrest all over that play. He's going to throw Scott down for a loss. Brandon Myers, the junior defensive end, with a fantastic tackle, reading that play perfectly and forcing a loss of about two yards for a third and five. So third down, and like we said, Brentwood goes very quickly. They are already up on the line of scrimmage. McIntyre takes the snap. He's going to fake it to Scott. He's going to go back to pass. He has a man, and, oh, the ball hit, the, hit his receiver right in the hands. But he was unable to come up with the catch, so we bring up a fourth down, and it looks like Brent will have to punt it away. Yeah, huge stop and very lucky that number three for the Eagles, Isaiah Kane, the senior receiver, couldn't come up with that ball as Holden Day was on the coverage. And now you force another punt for the Saints. You've got about six minutes to go. You get the ball at half. So you'd love to get some points here for halftime, kind of get a little momentum just like we did last week. Yeah, so Linder will go back deep for the Saints. Brentwood is going to punt the ball. It's fourth down and five deep in their own territory. Saints drove it all the way down to about the 10-yard line, went forward on fourth down and six. Brentwood having trouble getting their men on the field. They finally do, and now they're going to have to call a timeout. So, actually, there's yeah, Brentwood did call the timeout. So, with a timeout here on the field, we will take one along with them. We will be back with Briarcrest football right after this commercial break. 
When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. EPM Appraisals presents Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. And we are back at the EPM Appraisals game of the week. It's Brentwood against Briarcrest. The Eagles lead 14 to nothing. It's six minutes and one second to go till halftime, so Brentwood is about to punt the ball away. Lenders back deep for the Saints. Gets a big, high, booming kickoff, but it will come down bounce at the 45-yard line. Linder looked like he's going to try to field it, but he's going to go and let it bounce. It's taking a nice Brentwood bounce, and it's going to go all the way down. Wow. <laughs> An unbelievable Brentwood Academy favorable bounce. Ugh. Bounce at about the 40- or 35-yard line, rolled all the way down to the 23 and that's where J.D. Sherrod and the offense will take over in this huge drive. Yeah, it looked like it was going to stop and just kept rolling and kept rolling and kept rolling. But good job by the Saints actually to get away from that ball and not uh, touch it. So, Briarcrest, it's, it feels like, Parker, like the Saints ought to be down about 28 points right now. But they're only down 14 to nothing. And if they can go down and score here, it's, it'll be very similar to last week. Yeah, a whole new ball game. You really feel like you should be down more. McIntyre and the offense play, have played fantastic. You've caught a couple of breaks. Yeah, crucial drive. You got to get back in this game. Got to get some momentum going into halftime. So J.D. Sherrod back on the field. He's had a nice game running the ball. He's had a few good passes as well. He's got Logan Taylor in it running back this time. Snap back. He's going to go back to pass under pressure. Rolls away from it. It's going to go deep. Has a man, and that's going to be overthrown just a little bit. Look like number six for Briarcrest, Devin Johnson down there. Yeah, not a bad throwing ball by Sherrod. Just a little bit out of the reach of number six, Devin Johnson, the senior receiver. By the way, you can take the Mighty 990 with you wherever you go. Download the free Mighty 990 app. Immediate access to Todd Starnes, Earl Farrell, Tim Van Horn, and Briarcrest football. Download it at kwamradio.com. So Briarcrest lines it back up. It's going to be second down and ten for the Saints. Five and a half minutes to go to half. Pass from Sarati. It's Linder, but then the ball pops up in the air. They're going to call that an incomplete pass. It looked like for a second he had it, but the ball popped right out. Yeah, it would have been a huge gain for Reed Lunder. Just couldn't control that football. Very uncharacteristic of him for having a big drop like that. Either way, a crucial third down and 10 for this Briarcrest offense with 5.32 to go in the first half. Ball is at the 23-yard line. It is third down and 10 for Briarcrest. Saints could use a first down in the worst kind of way. Sherrod back to pass. going to be a screen pass to Linder this time. He catches it. He breaks up field. He's still on his feet. He's going to get down to about the 29-yard line, but that's going to be about three yards short of the first down. Yeah, about three yards short. And another offensive lineman for the Briarcrest Saints. This one looks like the center, Zeke Taylor, is down. Wow. As the punt team will come on the field. Yeah, a couple of offensive linemen for the Saints have gone down tonight. First time, the young man looked to be – Fairly okay as he came off the field, but uh, yeah. we'll see what happens here. Cade Chipperson was back in the game, actually, on that drive. This one looks to be a little bit more serious as Zeke Taylor is still on the ground, being treated by the training staff and Coach Stewart out there checking on him as well. So either way, a crucial punt coming up for the Saints, and you got to get another stop if you're 
Coach Tucker and this Brockers defense keep it at two scores, get the ball back at half, and have a chance to come back once again. So while they look at Zeke Taylor, we will take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with Briar Chris football right after this radio timeout. For a lifetime, Rando Frame and Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Frame and Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Frame and Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. The Saints are marching in, and we want you to join us. Briarcrest launched the largest capital campaign in school history this spring. Building, competing, leading an athletic campaign. Briarcrest is transforming fields, facilities, and lives from senior K to seniors in high school. Visit briarcrest.com support to learn how you can be a part of this important campaign to take BCS athletics to the next level. Okay, while we were away, Cooper Allen got the punt away. It was a bit of a high snap, but he went up and got the ball. And then it wasn't the prettiest punt in the world, Parker May, but it was effective as it got a nice Briarcrest roll that time. And so the Eagles will now take over on the 25-yard line, first down and 10 with 4.57 to go till halftime. Yeah, much better punt by Jordan Brown with a long snapper. Cooper Allen with a much better kick, really flipping the field in a way. Now let's see if the – Brockers defense can get George McIntyre and the offense off the field very quickly. Okay, McIntyre comes up, slaps his hands, takes the snaps. He's going to drop back to pass. He's under pressure, but it's going to be a a screen pass up to Scott. He's got plenty of running room up to the 40. He's going to break a tackle to the 50. It's up to the 45. He's going to get knocked down by Briarcrest finally inside the 40, actually inside the 35-yard line at the 34. Big-time play that time for the Eagles. Huge play. This might be coming back. There's a flag right in front of us about the 39-yard line. Could be a holding or maybe a block in the back as the teams start coming back. So this could be a huge break for the Saints. This was a very well-drawn-up screen play. That was a very well-drawn-up play, but it all for naught is there a penalty flag on the field and it's going to come back. So they will spot the ball down at the 30. So it was one of those penalties that happened downfield. And uh, so it's going to be one of these uh, first and five for Brentwood at from the 30-yard line. McIntyre trying to get his receiver to go in motion. The receiver's ignoring him, but now he finally does. McIntyre takes a snap, a little bit of an awkward handoff, but the running back's going to get to the corner up to the 35-40, breaks across the 40 out to almost the 45-yard line, going to be brought down to 44. That'll be a first down for Brentwood. Yeah, huge run right there, number seven, Richard Griffin, another senior running back, and it's the first successful run play by the Eagles by a guy not named Deuce Scott. He's been fantastic tonight. There's a very successful run by Griffin. Running it again, there it goes, same play, pitch out. He's going to get around the edge again, but not near as much running room this time. Did pick up about five yards, going to make it second down and about four or five for the Eagles. Yeah, good tackle there on the sideline. Number seven, Colin Collier and Max Carroll. Second and five. Brentwood right back at it. Lining up, they, they get play very quickly. He's going to throw a pass. He's got a man. It's caught at the 40, up to the 35, I mean, excuse me, 45-yard line. Going to be right at the first down yardage, and he does have it. First down once again for Brentwood. Yeah, Meyer Pereira on the catch. 
First so, and ten. So Brentwood leading 14 to nothing, under four minutes to go to halftime. They're marching again, going to give the ball off. Once again, they plunge forward. Going to be a nice gain again on first down for the running back for Brentwood. Yeah, Richard Griffin now the second running back for the Brentwood Academy. Eagles now trying, starting to get into the little rhythm. That can be very dangerous. You've got two running backs in the rhythm. Very tough to stop that duo. Yeah, Deuce Scott is back into the game, and so – uh, Brentwood, and once again, they move quickly, slap their hands, take the snap, back to passes. McIntyre looking around, under pressure. He's under pressure, way behind him, but he breaks the tackle, throws it, and finds his tight end. Wow, what a great play by McIntyre. That could have been a huge loss for the Eagles, but instead they're going to pick up what looks like to be first down yardage. Yeah, very impressive. John Richard Odell, who had a great game last week with nine yeah. tackles, evaded the sack. McIntyre did a great job evading him, found his man the tight end, Second and about seven or eight now for the Eagles. Well, they are actually moving that ball back. They're the re- there must there's another penalty there. Yeah, on it looked Brentwood. like a, a block in the back or unnecessary roughness right here about the forty yard yeah, line. That's, yeah, it looked like the safety Cannon Russo got absolutely blindsided. That might be what the penalty is. A little back it up, way back to second and about seventeen. Yeah, second and 17. The referees signal to the press box. We're not in the press box, so we're kind of guessing sometimes as to what the signal is. But anyway, Brentwood snaps it. He's going to pass again. It's under a little bit of pressure. Finds a man, but he overthrows him. And that's now going to bring up a third down and long for the Eagles. Yeah, huge break for the Saints. Number 24, Kaysen Kalmas couldn't come up with that reception. So a big play for the Brackers defense. Third and 17. That guy get off the field here and try to get the ball back with just over three minutes to go. In the first half. So McIntyre lines his team up. Four wide outs in the game, one running back. He's going to fake the handoff. He's going to drop back. He stays in the pocket. Now he has a little bit of running room, but he's actually going to roll out. He's still looking downfield. Now he will run the ball. Briarcrest is going to throw him out of bounds at the 46-yard line of Brentwood. So that's going to bring up a fourth down and very long for the Eagles. Yeah, great job by the junior linebacker, Trey Davis, staying with McIntyre. Keeping him close and great job taking him down eventually for just a short game of about five yards. So fourth and 12, another punting situation for Brentwood as Reed Linder goes back to return for the Saints. And number 32, Landon Byronos, their kickoff specialist, and also their punter will come out to send this one away. So Brentwood, a very good special teams. Great kickers, great punters. Here's the punter. He's going to kick a high one end over end trying to kill the ball down around the 20, but this time it takes a great Briarcrest bounce. It landed at the 25, and it looked like a, a Phil Mickelson wedge that time. <laughs> it just went straight backwards when it hit. Uh, so I, the ball bounces funny ways. Last time it went Brentwood's way. This time it went Briarcrest's way. Yeah, you'll very much take that punt and did, almost barely even made it back to the first down marker, only about a net game and about a 15, 20-yard punt. So much better field position for the Saints. They'll just take over at about the 30-yard line. Yeah, ball being spotted down at the 32 will be first down and 10 for Briarcrest, and I don't mean to sound like the proverbial broken record, but once again, the Saints can get themselves right back in this ball game if they can drive it down the field and score. Yeah, you got to at least get something here. 2.46 to go in the first half. You do get bought to start the third quarter, though, but you got to get some momentum going into this halftime. J.D. Sherrod still in the quarterback, takes a snap. He's going to throw it out to Carroll. Carroll makes a catch. He cuts up field. It's going to pick up, a, uh, looks like about a few yards, about three or four maybe, so second down for the Saints. Yeah, gain of about three for Max Carroll, not bad. Didn't have much space to work with the still managed to get a short gain of three yards. Walker checks into the game for Briarcrest at the wideout position. Donaldson in as well. 
J.D. Sherrod has gone the whole way at quarterback. He's back to pass. He's under a little pressure. Going to look at it. He's going to pass the ball upfield. That looks like Donaldson, and it is. And uh, Donaldson gets the ball all the way out to the Briarcrest side of the field. It's going to be first down for Briarcrest on the 41-yard line. Yeah, great job by Donaldson. His first catch of the night on that nice little slant route. Great throw by Sherrod. Stepping in the pocket, evading another sack, and makes a nice play for Briarcrest first down at the 42-yard line. Two minutes to go to halftime. Briarcrest marching right now. They have the ball on Brentwood's 42, first and 10. Snap is back. Sherrod's under a lot of pressure, but he gets the ball away to Johnson. Johnson cuts up the field, makes a man. Oh, penalty flags down, and that might bring about. It's not a great gain, about a six-yard gain, but it might bring it back. You'll see the signals. This might one might be coming back. Yeah, yeah holding on the offensive line for Briarcrest. Costly penalty. Minute 44 to go in the first quarter. Brentwood Academy has a 14 to nothing lead. They have really been somewhat dominant at times in the, at this game. Briarcrest has really only had one really good offensive possession where they got it down inside the red zone of Brentwood, went for it on fourth and six, were unable to convert that. Uh, since then, the Saints have been, for the most part, on their own side of the field, but here we go. It's going to be first down and long, first and 20 uh, for Briarcrest. The ball's at their own 48-yard line. Snap is back. Sherrod backs up looking. Now he's going to run up the middle. Now he's going to throw it. Has a man, but uh, a little bit overthrown that time. That was Donaldson. Yeah, not a great ball there. Very overthrown. There is a flag way down there where Donaldson was about the 15-yard line. We'll see if this could be defensive pass interference, which would be a massive break for the Saints. That would be. The, the penalty flag is way down on the 15-yard line of Brentwood, down where Donaldson and the defensive back were kind of jousting a little bit. And, yes, it is going to be against Brentwood Academy. End up being holding on the, actually on that corner, number four, Luke Smith. Yeah, it wouldn't really make much sense to call pass interference because there was really no way Donaldson could have caught that football. First and ten now for the Briarcrest Saints. And, of course, part of that was he was being held. So, uh, so first down and nine for the Saints. J.D. Sherrod have a man in motion. That's Johnson. He's going to roll out. I mean, he's going to drop back. He's looking down the field. Got plenty of time this time. Has a man that's caught by Carroll up at about the 30-yard line, and now he's brought down immediately. But it looks like that will be enough for a Briarcrest first down. Yeah, great catch by Carroll, but a great tackle by Brax Belleville, a junior defensive back, really limiting that game. But either way, it's a first down for the Saints with under a minute and a half to go. So Briarcrest trying to score here before halftime, has the ball 31. J.D. Sherrod's going to fake the handoff. He's going to lower his head and plow forward. Not much there, maybe a yard, if that, for Sherrod. And Briarcrest will call a timeout. Yeah, I don't really understand that play play by Coach Donaldson. They've been moving the ball well with the passing game, and even at one quarterback run by Sherrod, they, really, they pull a read option play, doesn't really get much going. Only a gain of maybe about half a yard, so second and nine with a minute 15 to go here in the first half. Yeah, second and nine. Uh, Briarcrest does have one timeout left. So if you're Coach Donaldson, what do you do here? What What is your thought process? I think you got to try to get in the end zone. You kick it. You take the kick with Cooper Allen if you have to, but the number one priority should be trying to get in the end zone. you got still a minute 15 and one timeout to work with, and you've got some fantastic weapons around your star quarterback, J.D. Sherratt, such as Max Carroll, Reed Linder, and Devin Johnson. By the way, I want to tell you that coming up tomorrow morning, the Mid-South Gardening Show with Veda Vance and Kid Mabry, they will be answering your questions about lawn care and gardening. The Mid-South Gardening Show at 6 a.m. on the Mighty 990. 
So Briarcrest takes a quick timeout. They're back out on the field. The ball is second down and nine. The ball's right at the 30-yard line. There's a minute and 15 seconds to go till halftime. Snap back, Sherrod looking under pressure. He evades one man, flips it up front to Linder. Linder cuts up field. He will get the ball down to about the 22, maybe 21, and that's going to be very close to a first down, but I believe he's going to be about a yard and a half short. Yeah, about a yard short to third and one. Again, Sherrod very crafty and creative with that play. Fake the quarterback keeper and then pitches it out to Linder for an eight-yard gain. So third and one for the Saints. Big play here. They're going to hand it to Salim. Salim is running backwards, trying to get to the outside. He's under a lot of pressure. It looks like he's going to lose yards, and he will. And that place, that's the second time we've seen that tonight, Parker, where they try to get uh, JoJo wide, and Brentwood is just all over that. Yeah, not the best play call, I guess, would be the word. You had third and one, got a whole play because you're probably in two-down territory, and now you're faced with a huge fourth and eight. And the offense will stay on the field once again with 40 seconds to go. Huge chance for the Saints offense to kind of keep this momentum going in the first half and stay alive in this football game. So here we go, another fourth down play for Briarcrest in the Brentwood territory. This time it's fourth and eight. Ball is spotted at the 29-yard line. They've got to get it down to about the 21. J.D. Sherrod barking at his signals. The snap is back. He's going to roll out. He's under a little pressure, still under pressure. He gets the pass away. It's caught to Linder. Linder cuts up field, and he will get the first down for Briarcrest. And it's like Reed Linder just knows what to do with the football when he gets it. Yeah, he's such a smart receiver, knows what to do with his little bit of space that he was given. Makes a couple of guys miss, evades another tackle, and has another Briarcrest first down with under 30 seconds to go. Sherrod and the offense got to go quick here. So the clock is running. Under 30 seconds, Sherrod is back. He's going to throw it deep. He's got a man in the end zone that goes up high, and that ball is out. Well, it was caught. Well, okay, the referee says touchdown. He did throw his uh, hat down. That signifies it uh, went out of bounds, but I think he's saying that the young man was pushed, so that will be a touchdown for Briarcrest. Unbelievable catch. It looks like that was Devin Johnson with a fantastic catch, and Sherrod with another great throw. Puts it right on the money in that back left corner of the end zone. So now 14-6, Briarcrest, 15 seconds to go. And now for the extra point, it'll be Bramlett to snap. J.D. Sherrod now will hold. Interesting. And Cooper Allen. Sherrod held for Cooper Allen last year. There it is down. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So with 15 seconds to go till halftime, Briarcrest right back in this ball game. It's Brentwood 14, Briarcrest 7. We'll be back with Briarcrest football after this commercial break. Weimer's Jewelry is your home-owned, home-operated neighborhood jeweler. We're happy to support our community and wish our teams good and safe play. At Weimer's, we specialize in all forms of jewelry and watch repair. Watch batteries supplied and installed for just $6. Ring sizing, chain repair, and all forms of custom design with all work done in-house. So for your jewelry needs, come see us. We are Weimer's Jewelry, 7525 Stage Road, the shops of Appling Way. The Saints are marching in, and we want you to join us. Briarcrest launched the largest capital campaign in school history this spring. Building, competing, leading an athletic campaign. Briarcrest is transforming fields, facilities, and lives from senior K to seniors in high school. Visit briarcrest.com support to learn how you can be a part of this important campaign to take BCS athletics to the next level. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. Here's Josh Rivera. 
and a similar uh, game so far. I mean, if you remember last week's game, Briarcrest, they were down against Houston by about three touchdowns. They were down 21-0 at some point, and they rallied back in the uh, right before halftime. And it's kind of a similar situation here against Brentwood. Right now, the halftime score is 14-7 in Nashville. And, uh, you know, that's how the game started uh, last week. So, Briarcrest still in the game. There's still plenty of time. There's a whole other half. They're only down by one touchdown. Um, so interesting scene over there in Nashville. We're going to jump to some scores going around in the Memphis area. We're going to start in Lausanne. They're going to be uh, up 40-0 to zero against Wooddale. And if you remember, Lausanne, they actually had a bye week. They, the, the, last week, they had, a, they had some time off. And just like I mentioned in the pregame, this is supposed to be kind of an easy win. Wooddale, an 0-2 team. And sure enough, they're up 40-0 to zero currently. And uh, jumping into Collierville, number 7 uh, ranked Collierville. They're up 20-6. to six against White Station. Um, jumping into MUS, they're up 35-0 to zero against St. Benedict Academy. And, and just like I said in the pregame, SBA, this should be a pretty easy win for MUS. Um, it, it seems like they're going to kind of run away with this one as well. They're up 35-0. to zero. Number five, Houston uh, versus Cordova. They're up 35-0 to zero right now. Houston, I mean, this is a team that lost to Briarcrest in a tight game last week, as we all remember. And uh, this is also a team that beat uh, Cordova 58-6 last year. Cordova is a struggling team. They went 1-9 last year, and they, they secured their first win of the season. And it was their first win since last year, September 24th, 2021. It seems like uh, Houston's probably going to run away with this one, too, to improve to a 2-1 start. Of course, we'll keep you updated in the post-game show with that score and all these other scores. North Point Christian School, they're up 43-0 in Marshall County. Currently, Bolivar, Bolivar Central, excuse me, they're up 6-0 to Ripley. Uh, Christian Brothers, I mean, this is a team that, uh, another ranked team, of course. Um, Christian Brothers, they beat, uh, they lost to Ensworth, excuse me. Last year, they lost to Ensworth 45-19 um, last year. Right now, they're down 20-3 to Ensworth. Um, so that that's kind of, a, it's not that much of a surprise. I mean, this is a Christian Brothers team that went 3-3 three three away and uh, they are currently 0-1 away. Uh, they lost to Germantown in their season opener right now. They're down 20-3 to to Ensworth. There's still some time left. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to catch up, uh, but we'll see how that game goes. Uh, Kirk Academy, North Delta. Right now, North Delta up 21-9. to uh, Brighton and Overton. Brighton has taken the lead so far 7-0. to Kirby High School down to Center Hill. They're down 35 to nothing. Number 22, Covington. They're up 28 to zero against Millington right now. Covington is a really good team so far, and they're proving themselves against Millington, who's kind of struggled this season so far. Number 14, Bartlett. They're looking to uh, come back from a tough loss in Alabama. Right now, they're playing Arlington. Uh, they're up 14 to three. Again, this is supposed to be an easy win for Bartlett. Bartlett's uh, been a pretty pretty good team, and Arlington's kind of struggled. Last year, they went two and eight. Uh, they lost pretty bad to Bartlett last year, so this, again, should be a pretty easy win for Bartlett. Still plenty of time. It's still a pretty close game. But as of right now, Bartlett up 14. Arlington has three points on the board. DeSoto Central, they have seven. And Lake Cormorant have zero. Dyer County down zero to eight to Memphis Central. Uh, and then there are some Thursday. I mean, some, some games happened uh, on Thursday as well. Sheffield and Hamilton yesterday, they played Hamilton 34-12. to Sheffield took the win. Uh, yesterday, Southwind got a win against Kingsbury 41-6. to Memphis East played Memphis Business Academy, and Memphis East took home the win 22-16. Also, Fayette Academy, tough loss for them. They lost yesterday 43-34. to 
Um, uh, right now they're down to uh, they, they actually they just lost to Trinity Christian Academy. Um, also, uh, we also have some scores coming in right now. FACS up twenty-one to zero at the half. Uh, Olive Branch up seven to zero to St. George's, and then Lewisburg up fourteen to zero currently. When we come back, we're going to talk to Sherry Hopper. She's actually at the FACS game. We're going to get her thoughts on the game. Maybe talk some Memphis football as well as the season starting tomorrow. We'll come back after these messages. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. If you wanted to sail a ship across the Atlantic Ocean, would you want to take someone along who had done it before? Someone who knew the ropes, who had survived the storms? This is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. I often wonder why so many people go it alone with their investments or trust their financial future to a friend or relative rather than a seasoned professional. If you're looking for a wealth manager who has weathered the financial storms, give us a call at Peer Financial Advisors, 901-471-8100. The Saints are marching in, and we want you to join us. Briarcrest launched the largest capital campaign in school history this spring. Building, competing, leading an athletic campaign. Briarcrest is transforming fields, facilities, and lives from senior K to seniors in high school. Visit briarcrest.com support to learn how you can be a part of this important campaign to take BCS athletics to the next level. Now, back to the Beer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Ribeiro. Welcome back to the Halftime Show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. I want to thank our sponsor for the Halftime Show. Halftime Show is sponsored by Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. And right now on the phone with me, I have Sherry Hopper, who's actually at the FACS game. Sherry, I want to thank you for joining the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, FACS, you're there right now, and you guys are actually up. I mean, at the half, I looked at your score. You guys are up 21-0 to on Harding. What, what's the environment going on over there in Crusaderland? Oh, it is amazing. We have a packed house tonight. It's elementary night, so everybody is here. I mean, literally, we are packed out, and it is just really, really exciting. Uh, I, I just I can't even explain it. Yeah, how have they looked so far? I'm sorry, what was that? I was like, no, they look great, uh, and we're being led by uh, Santucci tonight. Uh, he is our backup quarterback, uh, Josh Wright, who normally is our quarterback, was hurt uh, a couple of games ago in the first play, so he will be back on the 17th. But um, our freshman quarterback is doing a phenomenal job tonight and leading us against uh, uh, against Harding. And uh, I, this is some exciting news, Sherry. I mean, I know you're a huge uh, – you're really involved with, with FACS football, but you're also involved with Tiger football as well. Memphis Tiger football is back, and I'm excited to talk about it, especially with you. The first game is tomorrow versus Mississippi State in Cowbell territory. I know you go to most, if not all the games. I'm pretty sure you go all the games, right? Uh, yeah, I usually go to most. I, I go to all the home games for sure. I right. Season ticket holder. So there, where are you watching I, tomorrow's game then? Uh, actually, I haven't decided where I'm watching tomorrow's game. We will not be going to Starkville because we will be live in the studio tomorrow. Uh, but we will be watching for sure. I wouldn't miss uh, watching it uh, at all. And I'm so excited to see um, our Tigers play. And I want to give a shout out to number 63, uh, Johnny Westbrook, who uh, he called me the other day. Very, very excited. He made the travel squad, so he'll be making his way down there with the Tigers. Very happy for him. Yeah, actually, that was uh, that was a question I wanted to ask. Johnny Westbrook, who is actually an FACS alum, I mean, I was going to ask, how exciting is it to see him I mean, on the practice squad and just being involved on the team? And, and how do you recall his time at FACS as a Crusader? Oh, uh, funny story. Johnny was actually, he actually tried to get out of one of my classes because he was scared of me. And now <laughs> I'm his biggest fan. I absolutely love him. And it is so exciting. And we are, we are cheering him on. We love seeing him out there on Saturdays. And we just can't wait to see what his senior year holds for him. 
And last question, Sherry, how annoying are cowbells, right? Uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm like watching it from my living room, maybe because I'm I'm thinking about going and I just can't even uh, cowbells really. Could you have picked a more annoying thing? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's it's a big nuisance, but I am excited for the first home game. I, I believe they play Arkansas State. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it but is. I think yeah, they play Arkansas State, and I mean I can't even imagine how excited you are uh, to get back. Do you you tailgate right? I do. I'm in E159 right across from the Pipkin Building, and we are always out there. And anybody's allowed to come by and say hi because we are we, we are family out there. Well, I'm excited to hopefully come out and, and see you out there too and go to a couple games myself. I, I went to Memphis, and so did you. So got to support our Tigers, got to support them uh, all the way, and I'm excited to see how the season goes. Oh, me too. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thank you, Sherry, for joining the show, and I appreciate uh, spending time here uh, with me. And, I mean, go Crusaders, right? <laughs> No, go Crusaders. Yeah, we are still 21 to nothing. All right. on into the third. Thank you, Sherry, for joining the show. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to jump into some rankings as well. I mean, I went through some scores, and we're going to come back after um, this coming break. We're going to go through some of the, the scores again, just kind of give you a recap of what's going on. But first, I wanted to go through some rankings. I mean, this is some uh, – you know, the, it's tough to give rankings on preseason uh, teams. You can you can gauge how good they're doing before a single uh, pass is thrown, but really, I think after two or three games, that's when you can kind of see where some of these teams are at and and where they're at in the season, how impressive they've been. I think it's a, it's, it's pretty safe right now to kind of go through the top rankings and and see what's going on. I'm just gonna name. I'm just gonna go off the list. We're gonna go through the Memphis High School football rankings, top 25. I'm just gonna start out 25 ECS. Newport sitting at 24, and West Memphis is at 23. 22 we have Covington. 21 we have Kosith. 20 we have Marion. Memphis University School, the Owls, they're at 19. Ripley sits nice at 18. And then Clarksdale at 17. Win at 16. Christian Brothers, they're starting out at our top 15. They're number 15. And then Bartlett at 14. Mumford is sitting at 13. South Haven, 12. Levin is uh, is Oxford. And then we're going to jump to the top 10 in Memphis High School football. Whitehaven sits at number 10. Senatobia sits at number 9. And Haywood is at number 8. Collierville is at at seven. Germantown is at number six. Houston is at number five. Lafayette's number four. And then your top three teams right now, South Panola, who's actually making their season debut right now against Oxford, they're number three. So that's technically a preseason ranking. We'll see how their game goes against Oxford. And then the top two teams, your Briarcrest Saints, they're sitting nice at number two. Right now they need to come back uh, against uh, Brentwood, but an impressive win that they had um, against Houston last week. So Number two makes sense for them and really impressive win so far. And then number one, of course, Lausanne. They had a bye week last week. And right now, I mean, they're just destroying their opponent, Wooddale, 40-0. to zero. That's not a, a shock. And then just some notable Memphis teams in the Tennessee rankings. Lausanne sits at number 11 overall in Tennessee. Briar Chris is right behind him at 13. And then uh, we have some three teams in the 30s. Houston is at uh, 30 right now, exactly. Germantown, 31. And then 34 is Collierville. And when we come back from this break, I'm just going to go through these scores one more time, give you an idea and a refresher of what's going on in the Memphis area for high school football. Um, We'll get to that when we come back for this break.
When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. This is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. You may remember me from that other talk radio station. One of my core beliefs is that financial planning is about more than just money. It's about your whole life. You only get one chance to live the rest of your life and there are no do-overs. Whether you have $300,000 or $30 million, if you want an advisor who's focused on your best financial life, Give us a call at Peer Financial Advisors, 901-471-8100. Now, back to the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back. I want to thank our sponsor for the Halftime Show, Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. This is the Halftime Show on the Mighty 990. I'm Josh Rivera, and right now our game that we're covering live by Josh Davis and Parker May Right now, Brightcrest is down 14-7 to to Brentwood over there in Nashville. They're going to give us the rest of the play-by-play coverage when we come back um, after these quick scores. I'm just going to go through some scores real quick. What's going on? Give you a refresh. Right now, Lausanne, I mean, I just talked about it um, not too long ago. They're up 40-0 to to Wooddale. They're num- number one team in Memphis. Collierville right now 20-6 to against White Station. Collierville is looking kind of comfortable right now. Um, we'll see if they can take that win away. MUS, I'm going to speed through these real quick. MUS 35 SBA zero right now, 10, uh, number 10, Whitehaven and number six, Germantown, my game of the week, uh, Whitehaven has 14 and Germantown has 10 close game. I love it. Number five, Houston there. There's they're at 35 to Houston to Cordova's, excuse me, zero. This is supposed to be easy win for Houston North point Christian school. They're up 43 to zero to Marshall County ball, ball over central six to zero against Ripley. Ensworth is kind of showing out right now, 20 to three to Christian Brothers. I didn't see that coming. Christian Brothers, I thought it'd be a little bit closer of a game, but right now they're they're down by 17 points over there against Ensworth. Uh, Kirk Academy nine and the North Delta 21. Brighton is winning seven to zero against Overton, and then you have Kirby High School who's on a 30 to five zero hole against Center Hill. Number 22 Covington, they're up 28 to zero against Millington. Bartlett 14 and Arlington 3 should be an easy win for Bartlett, although it is kind of close right now. DeSoto Central numbers uh, the, the DeSoto Central has 7 and Lake Cormoran has 0. Dyer County, they have 0 to Memphis Central's 8. And then by Haley and Lewisburg, Lewisburg is up 14 to 0. Olive Branch uh, and St. George's, Olive Branch has a 7 to 0 lead. And then FACS, we just talked to Dr. Sherry Hopper. Uh, FACS is up 21 to uh, Harding's 0. And then just quickly, some Thursday scores from yesterday's game. Sheffield and Hamilton. Sheffield took the win 34-12. Southwind and Kingsbury. Southwind took the win 41-6 against Kingsbury. Memphis East, they finished 22 points and a W for them. They played Memphis Business Academy, and Memphis Business Academy had 16. And then Trinity Christian Academy, impressive win against Fayette Academy. Uh, Trinity Christian, they finished with 43 to Fayette Academy's 34. And that's going to be it for the halftime show. Uh, I want to thank uh, our our our, uh, our sponsors, our halftime show sponsor, Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. And it's time to go back to Brentwood with Josh Davis and Parker May to lead our our second half play-by-play coverage powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. We're going to take a break. When we come back, they're going to lead us right into the next half of the game. 
A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. I work pretty hard for my money, and I bet you work hard for your money, too. Hi, this is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. So here's a question. Is your financial advisor working just as hard to manage your money as you work to earn it? At Peer Financial Advisors, we work hard to make sure you own the very best investments every single day. If your current advisor isn't giving you the proactive management you expect, give us a call, 901-471-8100. Crest Football, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently. Independent Bank, a better way to bank. Way to bank. Rando Frame and Gallery. And Weimer's Jewelry. Live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. We are live in Nashville, Tennessee at Brentwood Academy looking at Carlton Flat Field where Briar and it is halftime of the game between Briarcrest and Brentwood and Brentwood Academy is leading 14 to 7 and Parker May uh, it was somewhat of a, a, a repeat to a degree of last week's game. Brentwood gets that fast start but the Saints come back and make it a game before half. No, you're absolutely right. I feel like the same kind of game. We were watching it all over again just with Brentwood Academy instead of Houston. Very similar. Both had a dominant running back for Brentwood. It was Deuce Scott, who was fantastic with his rushing touchdown in the first quarter. And Briarcrest's offense got to a slow start once again. Had a turnover. Forced fumble by Brentwood Academy, which was fantastic by them getting a huge stop. And then Briarcrest started to flip the momentum late in that second quarter. Big touchdown catch by Devin Johnson right before half. And you get a chance for the momentum. You get to start the second half of the ball. Huge chance to potentially tie this football game. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was so so similar to last week. But uh, what are you – so last week it was Cade Carlson. Not only did he have a great game, he was actually the player of the week, according to the Daily Memphian, uh, in the big comeback win over Houston. How do you, how do you think J.D. Sherrod has looked tonight? You know, he's had some struggles early on. Took a couple of huge sacks. Questionable running plays overall. Very solid game. Fantastic passing from Devin Johnson at the end of that half and very composed final drive. And he's really going to step up in the pocket and make some great plays on the run as well. Yeah, he's had a couple of, a couple of creative little uh, downfield passes underhanded, one to Reed Linder. And uh, uh, so he's, he's creative. He's getting a lot of things done. I agree with you. He's, it seems like as the game goes along, he's, he's getting a little bit better. So keys to the second half. I mean, what, what do you really want to see? Briarcrest, I believe, is going to get the ball first. Yes. So the Saints will get the ball first. What do you want to see from the Saints offense? Uh, run the ball, pass the ball. What do you think they're going to do? As we just said, Saints get the ball first, and you got to get some points on this drive. you got to stick with what worked in that last couple minutes in that first half. J.D. Stroud on the run, making some great short throws. And I'd like to see Jojo Salim get established for it and go, go away from those outside runs. Those just did yeah. not seem to work. You pound the ball inside behind your great offensive line, led by the Rice commit, Nate Bledsoe, and you'll have yourself another chance to win another football game with a huge comeback. Yeah, and something we, we may want to watch out for, Parker, is Saints did have a couple of offensive linemen go down. Now, they 
they we don't know how serious those injuries are. They they possibly may go back in the game, but we do need to watch out for that. Yeah, I will say one of them, Cage Sivers, was actually back in the game on the final drive, and then Zeke Taylor, much more serious. He's still limping right now. I would be shocked if he goes out on the field, especially early on in this game. So we've got just a few seconds left before the second half will kick off. We are here at Brentwood Academy, and a unique setup at Brentwood, the all the stands are on one side of the field, the visitor side, the home side. They kind of have it split up into three sections. The middle section is where I guess where the, the fans that pay a little extra money, they get the chair back seats. And then as we look at it over to the right, you see the Brentwood student section and the other Brentwood fans. And then over to the left, you see the Briarcrest fans. And I don't, I'm not trying to be critical. But this is a big division game. I would expect more students here than what I see. Yeah, not as big as students I can expect. It is Labor Day weekend, so a bunch of people traveling. But a great turnout from the Briarcrest faithful. Yeah. Driving from all the way down from Eads, Tennessee. A lot of them supporting their players and their sons tonight. And it's going to be a great second half. Really looking forward to it. As I said, Briarcrest will receive. So the Saints trot out on the field. And that, and that looks like actually Briarcrest is going to kick the ball. Yeah. Cooper Allen will trot out and will kick off for the Saints. Briarcrest with green helmets, green pants, white jerseys, and green numerals. Brentwood, red helmets, blue, dark blue navy jerseys, gray pants, red and blue stripe with white numerals. Look like my, you know, I'm used to watching the Elmas Rebels, so they look similar. Yeah, actually. Looking forward to their game tomorrow against Troy. I'm actually good friends with one of their players. One of my buddies, his brother, is actually the backup quarterback. Oh, okay. Well, Troy is a much better team I think people give them credit for. I expect that. I expect Ole Miss to win, but I expect it to be a much closer game than uh, what some people think. So we are about to get underway in the second half here in Nashville. The kick is away. The kick is deep. The kick will be right at the goal line. It will be fielded by Brentwood at about the 1 up to the 15 to the 20. Still breaking tackles at the 25, still on his feet. Now he's going to get pushed back and uh, still hadn't gone down as a whole bunch of Briarcrest Saints finally wrestle uh, the young man down, and he will go down at the 28-yard line of the Brentwood. Yeah, great job by Max Carroll. Fenton Williams trying to bring him down. Max almost stripped the ball right out of him. But either way, first and 10, Brentwood from about the 27-yard line. So the Eagles will take over, as we mentioned uh, right during the halftime, that uh, Brentwood came out and uh, kind of easily jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Briarcrest then the game kind of slowed down a little bit. Saints drove it into Brentwood territory twice, were able to score once, and it's 14-7 at half. Snap is back. The handoff is given to Scott. He will lower his head and be, get a nice gain for Brentwood on first down. Yeah, once again, Scott playing right behind his very talented offensive line for a gain of about six of second and about four. That's Carter Bostick checks in the game for the Brockus defensive line. Second and four for Brentwood. They're going to hand it to Scott again, and he's going to run right up the middle again, and he will get uh, probably about a yard short of the first down, so it's going to bring up third down and one for Brentwood. Brentwood, as we've mentioned all night, they go very quickly. Briarcrest is you know, trying to get lined up. They do. The, bat, the snap is back. Throwing has his big tight end. That'll be another first down for Brentwood. Yeah, this tight end's been very reliable for McIntyre tonight. That's number 89. Griffin Crop, his third deception tonight, finally taken down by Max Carroll and Holden Day. 
first and ten. Brentwood, the ball is marked at the 40-yard line, their own. They are headed to the south end zone, and they snap the ball. Going to give it again to Scott. He's going to go to the outside this time. He has a lot of running room. He's out to the 50, still on his feet to the 40. Oh, he lowers his shoulder and runs right over a Briarcrest defensive back, but he will get the ball out past the 45 inside. It's about the 43-yard line of Brentwood. Yeah, great job by Colin Collier. Finally taking him down to get some changes on the defensive line as Nate Rennix and Isaiah Robertson checking the ball game on the left side of the defensive line. Here they go. Make that the 43 of Briarcrest. Fake the handoff. Going to throw a pass outside, but that ball, that is hit right away by the Briarcrest defensive back. And uh, that play basically either went for no gain or maybe even lost a yard or two. Yeah, fantastic job by Nate Rennix. Forcing pressure on the quarterback and then helping Joe Dijlin make a great tackle. By on number three, Isaiah Kane. Yeah, that'll be a two-yard loss for Brentwood, so second down and 12. Let's see what Brentwood does here. They've had a lot of success running the ball, try to pass that time, did not work. McIntyre takes the snap, going to give it to Scott. Scott dancing around. He's going to break a tackle. He's going to be on his feet. He's all the way down to the 30-yard line, still rumbles forward down to the 26. And, yeah, right now, Briarcrest just can't do anything with Deuce Scott. Yeah, once again, you've seen the Briarcrest defense struggle last week against Houston. They kind of stopped that struggling after the first quarter, but this time Deuce Scott just continues to be dominant for another Eagle first down. Briarcrest trying to get men on the field, trying to get some new back in the game for Brentwood, but they're going to hand the ball off, and he's going to still get a nice gainer. That was number seven, Richard Griffin that time. Yeah, Griffin's really establishing himself in the second half. Had some nice runs early in that second quarter, now back at it again, being very dominant. Briarcrest really trying to get new players on the field, but as fast as Brentwood goes, it's kind of difficult, but they do get the man on. It's going to be second down and three for Brentwood. They're going to hand the ball off again, going to get to the outside, going to cut up. But this time a Briarcrest player comes up, makes a nice hit. Young man does break a tackle, will gain a yard or two, but we're going to bring up a third down and one for the Eagles. Yeah, great job by Cooper Thompson. Coming out of the free safety position, making a play on the running back. That was Griffin once again, third and one on that 19-yard line for the Eagles. McIntyre takes a snap. going to give it to Griffin again. He's going to go right up the middle. Looks like he's going to have the first down, and he does. So nine minutes and five seconds to go. Brentwood on the march here. They're going to have it first down and ten. The ball will be spotted at about the 18-yard line. Maybe the, uh, they're going to call it the 16-yard line. Snap is back. Fakes the handoff, going to throw it in the end zone. As in, well, no, well covered that time, and that ball will go out of bounds and incomplete. Yeah, great coverage by the safety canning and LaRusso as the intended target. It was number three, Isaiah Kane, as the ball was a little bit overthrown there by McIntyre. His first really overthrown ball of the night has played very well tonight as third career varsity start. Yeah, they've actually got their third team running back in the game now. And, of course, I'm, if I'm Brentwood, I just keep running the football. I think they're doing Brian Crest a favor when they pass it. The snap is back. They will run the foot football this time. A big hole up the middle, breaks the tackle all the way inside the five-yard line down to the four, first down Brentwood. Yeah, it's really impressive showing their depth at running back and just how well they are. All three, and that was number 27, Brex Belleville. Again, as you said, their third string defend, their third string running back making a huge first down play, setting up first and goal. So they line up. They have it down first and goal at about the four-yard line. There's the snap. Going to give it to the running back. He's going to cut up the middle of the field, and he will get into the end zone very easily. And Brentwood comes right out of the first half, takes the ball, and runs it down Briarcrest's throat, and has taken the lead 20-7 to with eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the third quarter. 
Yeah, huge loss right there for the Saints. You need to kind of get a stop there, at least hold them to three to keep it to a single-digit deficit. And now you're down by two touchdowns. And now you really, this drive here on offense becomes even more crucial than it already was. you got to get some points and cut into the sleep before it gets too late. So Brentwood doing their little lineup and then run off the field and then bring the kicker in thing. So you think they'll ever actually run it? Uh, at some point this year, maybe. The snap is back, it is down, the kick is up, and the kick appears to be good, and it is. So with eight minutes and 30 seconds ago, Brentwood Academy is leading Briarcrest 21-7. to You are listening to Briarcrest football right here on KWAM, the mighty 990, and we'll be back after this commercial break. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today, and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference, too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. We're back in Nashville, Brentwood Academy. Brentwood has the lead over Briarcrest, 21-7, eight and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. The Eagles are about to kick off, and the Saints will get the ball for the first time here in the second half. Yeah, once again, it's a crucial drive here for J.D. Sherrod and the Briarcrest offense. Got to get some points this drive and chip lead, or else George McIntyre and this Eagle offense has been very impressed when I get this game out of hand. Kick is off. The kick is deep. That ball will go into the end zone, and just as happened every other time, the uh, Brentwood is kicked off. Briarcrest just kind of stands there motionless, watch the ball go over their heads, and they know they're going to have it first and 10 at the 20. Yeah, that time Devin Johnson was back to return. Didn't even bother turning around. Shows you how powerful this kicker's leg is. Number 38, George Laster. So it is 21-7, Brentwood. We are at eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the third quarter. Briarcrest will get the ball for the first time tonight. I mean, in the second half, that is. And they break the huddle and come walking up to the ball. The ball is spotted at the 20. First down and 10. The Saints will start from there. Looks as if Taylor is in the game at running back. Fake to Taylor. Throw to Linder. Linder catches in the backfield. He'll lunge ahead. No gain on the play. Just uh, Reed has broken many of those uh, this year, but wasn't able to do much with that one. Yeah, much, much better job by the Eagle defense. Now it's Brax Belleville. Making the tackle much better job on that coverage of the screenplay where Leonard's been so effective tonight. So it's second down and nine for the Saints. J.D. Sherrod has gone all the way at quarterback tonight. Saints have three wideouts to the left, one, one right out to the right. They're going to fake the handoff. Sherrod's looking to throw. He pump fakes, and he's going to sacked back at the 16-yard line. Just took a little bit too much time that time, Parker. Yeah, it's kind of an RPO setup play, run pass option. Just couldn't seem to find his own man. It really just took too long, forcing a huge third and 12 on the Briarcrest 18-yard line. So Briarcrest, third down and 12, a little over seven and a half minutes to go to the third quarter. The Saints find themselves behind Brentwood 21-7. J.D. Sherrod in at quarterback. He takes the snap. He's going to roll out. He's looking down the field. He's under pressure again. He throws the ball. He has a man. It's caught up at the 30-yard line to the 35, out of pa- across the 36. That's Briarcrest, and that'll be Reed Linder, and that'll be a fir- although there is a penalty flag way back in the backfield. 
and everybody's walking back. Yeah, it looked like it was a holding call. It looked like it might have been number 55, Kate Shivers, the left guard. So big play there by Briarcrest to Reed Linder. That would have been a first down, but apparently there is a hold, and that will be marked off against Briarcrest, so that's going to bring up a third down and very long now for the Saints. Yeah, Hughes' third down just got even tougher. We got third and 21. Yikes. 24, I should say. So Briarcrest uh, third and forever, way back at their five-yard line. The Saints have gone backwards 15 yards on this drive. And they'll see, we will see what they can do with this. Sherrod all the way back in the end zone. He drops back into the end zone. He's going to throw a deep ball. He's got a man downfield. Little pushing and shoving, but there's not going to be a call there. It was looking for number seven, Colin Collier, but uh, nothing doing that time. Yeah, a little push off on the defensive back. Nothing too serious to enforce the penalty. But now, Cooper Allen, who's had some struggles punting tonight, will punt from his own end zone. Yeah, Cooper Allen in to punt. Bramlett in on the snap. The deep man for Brentwood is at about the 45-yard line of Briarcrest. There's a good snap. Deep in the end zone gets a great kick away. It's going to be a fair catch at the 42-yard line. But even though the punt, the snap was good, the kick was good and all that, they're going to get great field position here at the 42-yard line. Yeah, fantastic field position for Brentwood Academy. They can really kind of put this game out away with 6.43 to go. They can make this a three-score game. And Brentwood Academy, again, you want to go very fast. Offense already out there in the huddle. They do move quickly. We do want to tell you to stay tuned for the postgame show with scores from across the Mid-South. Josh Rivera will be taking your calls on tonight's game, 901-260-5626. That's 901-260-5926. Brentwood, first and 10 from the 42-yard line. McIntyre in the game at quarterback. He slaps his hands. There's the snap. He's going to hand the ball up the middle. That's Scott. Scott breaks a tackle. He's up to the 30, breaks another tackle. He's up to the 20. He rumbles his way all the way down inside the 15-yard line. Pretty simple game plan right now for Brentwood. Yeah, that really should be the only game plan with how down and <laughs> Deuce Scott has been. About a 25-yard run. Puts it all the way down at the 15-yard line. First and 10, Brentwood threatening early in this drive. They are already lined up and ready to go. They're going to take a snap. They're going to throw the ball. This time it's going to be complete. He gets inside down to about the 10-yard line. That will be around a five-yard pickup for the Eagles. Yeah, great catch and run from Luke Wells, another senior wide receiver. A lot of seniors, a lot of experience on this Brentwood Academy team. Second and five from the 10-yard line. So Brentwood looking to break this game wide open, that deep in Briarcrest territory. They give it to Scott this time. This time he's hitting the backfield, but he breaks the tackle, turns his nose upfield, and will get all the way down inside the five for another Brentwood touchdown. And Parker May, the Saints actually defended that pretty well, but couldn't wrap up and make the tackle, and Scott made him pay. Actually, to call him short first and go from the one. Thought he yeah. got in. Yeah, first down. So now uh, uh, the – Eagles line up. I suspect they'll give it to 40. They do. He run, This time, Briarcrest meets him in the backfield, and he will actually lose a couple of yards on that play. Huge tackle by Nate Renix and Trey Davis, forcing a huge loss of about two. So now I'll have second and goal from about the three-yard line. So Brentwood Academy leading 21-7 to late here in the third quarter. 
They are knocking on the door for Briarcrest. Second down and four. The ball is on the four, so second and goal from the four. They're going to give it to Scott again. He'll lunge forward. This time he looks like he fumbled the football, but they're saying he's down at the one-yard line, and I believe that's the right call. Yeah, that was the right call. Third and one goal from the one. Crucial chance the Saints make a goal on stand. But if everyone academy, I think it's four down territory. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got an outstanding three running backs that you can go to, and you're on the one-yard line. There's a snap. They give it to Scott. He's going to dive this time, and he will score relatively easy. And so with four minutes and 51 seconds, Brentwood is dominating the second half so far with the run game, and they have taken a 27-7 to lead over the Saints. Yeah, that drive was almost too easy. Very yeah. dominant, led by Deuce Scott and George McIntyre. And as you said, three-score lead now. And as if you're Briarcus, you have to score in this drive. Yeah, this is going to be a very long bus ride back home. So Brentwood will line up to kick the extra, kick the extra point. They have an outstanding kicker. Outstanding special teams play by Brentwood tonight. Yeah, great coaching staff. And so their special teams play have been phenomenal. Kick is up. Kick is good. And just like that, Brentwood's leading 28-7 with four minutes and 51 seconds to go in the third quarter. So we will take a break uh, for this commercial. We'll be back with Briar Chris football after that. Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, Live Life Well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. EPM Appraisals presents Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. We are back in Nashville, Tennessee. Brentwood is leading Briarcrest 28-7. The Eagles have two impressive drives here to uh, start the second half. Uh, featuring their running game, and Briarcrest has just not been able to do anything about it. Here is the kick. Once again, the kick is deep, and once again, the ball will go easily. That ball is going about eight to nine yards deep in the end zone every time. Yeah, as you said earlier, dominant special teams performance from the Eagles, and once again, it's a crucial must-score drive here for Briar because you're down 28-7, 4.51 to go. Got to get a drive going, and you got to get one going fast. Yeah, Briar Crest was down 21-0 and 28-7 last week and came back and scored. That was in the first half, though. This is a little bit of a different ball game here with the ball uh, with the game late in the third quarter. JoJo Salim in a running back. The Saints have a couple of wide outs, a couple of men bunched up, kind of one at tight end, one at wing back. They're going to pitch it to Salim, try to get him outside, but he cuts it back up the middle. Nice, nice little run nice vision that time by JoJo to pick up about four yards for Briarcrest. Yeah, not bad by JoJo Salim picking about half the first down distance. Second and six. So the Saints are looking over the sidelines, looking for the signal, getting the play in. Looks like they are ready. J.D. Sherrod goes out and talks to the offensive lineman for a second. Now he's going to look back to the sidelines. A few more signals coming in. He will go up and say something to the offensive lineman again. JoJo Saleem goes from one side to the other, and I think now we're about ready to snap the football. There is a snap. They're going to 
give it to Salim, and there's absolutely nowhere for him to run. He is met right at the line of scrimmage by several Brentwood Academy Eagles. Yeah, absolutely smothered right there. That might have been one where you pull the ball back if you're sure and use that as an RPO right there. You had a couple of receivers running some good routes, and that sets up a crucial third and seven, and Josh, this might be fourth down territory with how the scoreboard looks. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they're obviously deep in their own territory. Briarcrest has not done anything offensively here in the second half, and they find themselves in third and long over and over again. They are here again. Snap is back. Uh, fake the handoff, trying to find Linder. I mean, Carroll, he does find Carroll. Max breaks up field. He's going to get to the 39-yard line. He'll be one yard short. And so, yeah, with only one yard to go, I think you might see Brian Stewart go for it here. Yeah, so it's a must-go-for situation. We are down by three scores, about 3.15 to go here in the third quarter. That was very quick and creative once again by Stride. Pump fakes the pass and finally finds Carroll for an eight-yard gain. So, uh, Linder, I mean, excuse me, Stride actually gets right over the center. I thought he was going to do that same play they did last week where they took the snap and then just lunged forward. And that now he is getting up under center, and he is going to try that. He tries to go forward, and it's going to be very close. I do not know if he got he it. he got it. He may have. There looks like they're going to spot it on the 30-yard line. Yeah, he got it. Woo! That was very, very close. You can tell Brentwood had scouted that play well from last week. Yeah, great job scouting. And this is a fantastic coaching staff. But a great job by J.D. Schrott picking up that much-needed yard and continuing this drive for the Briarcrest offense. So, J.D., Saints get the first down, snap his back, dropping back to pass, has a man in the middle of the field, and that's a beautiful catch by Briarcrest. That's number seven, Colin Collier, and that will be a first down for the Saints all the way out to the 48-yard line of the of Briarcrest. Yeah, as you said, Josh, beautiful catch by Colin Collier, but a very impressive throw by J.D. Sherrod. Yep. Threading the needle through three defenders, only to where Colin can make that catch. Setting up first and ten from about the 46, actually, is where they'll spot him down. Yeah, they just moved the ball back a couple of yards. So first and ten, Briarcrest. Saints are trying to get back in this ball game. Four wide outs, one man in the backfield. Sherrod at the quarterback. There's the snap. Fakes the handoff. He's going to pass it out into the flats, and that ball will fall harmlessly incomplete to the turf. By the way, artificial turf here, Brentwood. Yeah, very nice field here, Brentwood Academy. And that'll be an incomplete pass. That'll bring up second down and 10 for Briarcrest. Two minutes and 11 seconds to go here in the third quarter. Three wideouts left for the Saints. One wideout on the other side of the field. They're going to hand it to Salim and not much running, well, zero running room again for JoJo. That'll bring up a third down now in 10 with right at two minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, once again, a very unsuccessful run play there. By the Saints, third and ten. And I'd love to see if J.D. Sharon can connect with one of his deep balls. He connected with so many of them last year. Haven't seen him for him to hit one tonight. This could be an opportunity here with a crucial third and ten. Well, four wideouts are in the game. JoJo Salim and running back Brentwood showing blitz. They kind of black off. Now they are got some pressure on J.D. He's going to run up in the pocket. And then he tried to get it to Carroll, but uh, was unable to get it to him. And now Sherrod goes down late. Slow getting up. A Brentwood player, I don't think it was a late hit, but it was a hit right as he threw the football. And he does get up, and it looks like he's going to be able to come off the field. And kind of shockingly, they Wilson out the punt. You go for it on fourth and one. Not on fourth and ten, however, but you're still down by three scores, and now you got to get a really quick stop here. Well, especially when the Brentwood has been uh, just running it very easily on Briarcrest uh, so far in the Second half, so but the Saints are going to punt away here. It's Cooper Allen in the game. 
good snap. Kick is away. It's a low, wobbly kick, but it's a good one. But it's right at the return man. He returns it. He receives it at the 20-yard line. He gets a few yards up to about the 26, but there's a penalty flag on the play. Yeah, penalty flag right there. Came out of nowhere. Ref jumped about 20 yards down the field. We'll see what this is. Good arm that time by the ref. <laughs> he saw something from a long, from a far distance that time. We saw Sherrod take that late hit. Wondering if that's still bothering us. I can see Cade Carlson warming up on the near sideline. Cade had a great game last week against Houston. And, yeah, that penalty is going to go against the Eagles. And that will back them up to about the 16-yard line, and that's where they will start this drive. Great break for the Saints. And now you got got to get off the field really quick. Almost need to force a three and out. Do you have a chance in this football game? So Brentwood comes out. They also have four wideouts, one running back into the backfield. They're McIntyre, their star quarterback, will bark out the signals. He'll take the snap. He'll fake the handoff. He's going to go deep, and that pass was incomplete. Good job that time on defense by number seven, Colin Collier. Feels like we've been calling his name a lot tonight on both sides of the ball. He's had a pretty well game. That was number 11 for Brentwood Academy, Meyer Pereira, the intended target. Brent Wood lines it right back up. And I tell you, they don't give the color commentator much time to say anything. They're just right back with the ball. They give it to Scott again. Scott breaks a tackle. He's going to be up the, to the 25 out across the 30, out uh, actually across the 45-yard line. And Parker, the kid, I mean, even when uh, he's obviously breaking arm tackles, but he's breaking full body, uh, full body tackles. I mean, he is just tough right now. You know, sometimes they say it takes a host of Saints to bring them down. It literally takes a host of yep, Saints. That's it takes, right. Took a good four or five players out there to take them down. We've been injured. Brentwood Academy player down. It looks like one of their offensive linemen with a minute and nine seconds to go here in the third quarter. So tomorrow we get college football in a big way. Last week had a little palate cleanser. This week we get the, the full meal. What games are you looking forward to tomorrow? Uh, a lot of interesting games tomorrow. Looking forward to see a lot of the SEC team. You talked about it. you're an Ole Miss fan. I'm an yep. Auburn fan myself. Looking forward to see some of those bigger top 25 matchups like Georgia and Oregon yeah. and Ohio State and Notre Dame. That should be a yeah. real fun one. So so you and your dad are going to go to Top Golf and find a big screen TV <laughs> and hit, hit some golf balls and watch the games and do that? Yeah, it sounds like it's a great way to start your college football season. Absolutely. Sounds like fun to me. <laughs> So, anyways, first and 10 for um, Brentwood. Ball is on the 37-yard line. The snap is back. McIntyre looking to pass. He's under pressure. He gets it away. He has a man, but he's going to go immediately out of bounds. And if, that might be a one- or two-yard gain at best. Great job by Brandon Myers and Carter Bostick. Forcing pressure on McIntyre. He ended taking him to the ground. But either way, it's a gain of one on the catch by Pereira. Yeah, the Briarcrest pass defense has been excellent tonight. It's just the run defense that has really suffered. They are going to run the ball again right up the middle, and once again they get a nice gainer. That was into the game number 27, Brax Belleville, and he will pick up about five more. So we're looking at about third down and four for the Eagles. Once again, that just shows how dominant this offense is and how deep they are at running. But that's your third string running back right there. Going out there and getting you a huge six yards. So they have five wideouts this time. Nobody in the backfield. He's rolling out. He's looking. He has a man, but he overthrows him. And so, once again, 
Uh, yeah, the, the Saints' defense against the pass, you know, they came into the game, they had eight interceptions this year already, and the pass defense has been outstanding, but it's just been stopping that run has been the uh, Achilles' heel for Briarcrest. Yeah, I saw them really struck with it last week, and they're struggling with it even more right now. As you get the ball back, though, with 24 seconds in the third quarter, be Linder back to return this kick. And the Saints, you know, we're not trying to be Pollyanna or Homers here, but if the Saints could get the ball and score, they are back in this football game. Yeah, we've seen, especially last week, even with Cade Carlson, this team is never out of it, but it would take a miracle, and that's a really shaky punt. Yeah, bad kick by Brentwood. The ball will go out of bounds at the 40-yard line, I believe, of Briarcrest, and he tried to do the old rollout kick. I don't know that he's been doing that tonight, but that time he he rolled out a little bit more than I think he has been and then just shanked the ball. Yeah, it's kind of like the Australian-style punt. You've seen some of those college football punters use, but that was a really shaky kick. Briarcrest will get fantastic field position and a must-touchdown half drive, and they'll start on their own 42-yard line. Yeah, they spotted at the 42. So, Briarcrest outstanding field position this time. I believe Sherrod is back in the game. He limped off the field last time, but, yeah, he's okay. So, uh, Sherrod's in. Logan Taylor's in at running back. Reed Linder in the backfield this time. Three wideouts for the Saints. Let's see with a little unique formation, at least for tonight. They've done it earlier. Sherrod takes a snap. He's run and he's going to be sacked back at the 32-yard line, and that just happened real quickly. J.D. never had a chance. No, never had a chance. Fantastic delayed blitz by Casey Kalmus. Normally a receiver, but a fantastic delayed blitz forcing the sack, and it's a huge loss. Timeout. Actually, it'll be the end of the fourth, end of the third quarter with Briarcrest trailing 28-7. So that is the end of the third quarter. We will take a commercial break and be back with Briarcrest football right after this. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. Weimer's Jewelry is your home-owned, home-operated neighborhood jeweler. We're happy to support our community and wish our teams good and safe play. At Weimer's, we specialize in all forms of jewelry and watch repair. Watch batteries supplied and installed for just $6. Ring sizing, chain repair, and all forms of custom design with all work done in-house. So for your jewelry needs, come see us. We are Weimer's Jewelry, 7525 Stage Road, the shops of Appling Way. The Saints are marching in, and we want you to join us. Briarcrest launched the largest capital campaign in school history this spring. Building, competing, leading, an athletic campaign. Briarcrest is transforming fields, facilities, and lives from senior K to seniors in high school. Visit briarcrest.com support to learn how you can be a part of this important campaign to take BCS athletics to the next level. We're back in Nashville. Briarcrest just ran a play. It's third down and about 15 for the Saints. Sherrod rolls one way, looks the other. He hits Donaldson in the uh, hands, but kind of tried to run with it before he caught it. It's going to be an incomplete pass. It'll be fourth down and 16 for the Saints. They'll have to punt the ball away. Yeah, interesting play call. Back-to-back screen calls when second and third and long after the J.D. Sherrod took a huge sack on that first down. 
Really thought they'd be trying to push the ball downfield more with this huge deficit. So, Cooper Allen into the game to kick for Briarcrest. We are just starting the fourth quarter here in Nashville, Tennessee. There's lightning popping all over the place, but we're going to get this game in, so at least it looks that way. A big rush this time by Brentwood, and the ball is blocked, and Brentwood Academy will pick it in and take it all the way, pick it up and take it all the way into the end zone. Now, there is a penalty flag down on the five-yard line. Now, that happened way after the block, so it'll either be a touchdown Brentwood or it'll be Brentwood ball in Briarcrest territory. Yeah, once again, Briarcrest normally has some smooth special teams, no mishaps. That's the third one of the night. Very uncharacteristic of this team. Yeah, let's see what the call is. The call is going to be against Brentwood. But it will be Brentwood Academy football. Yeah. So the touchdown will not count, but Brentwood will have a very out, will have outstanding field position. And with big number 40 in the game, woo. I mean, to tell you, the, the woo was about there. There's some serious <laughs> lightning going on. I'm a little surprised they hadn't stopped the game. Yeah, it was very – that might have a penalty on the Saints. They just moved the ball up back 10 yards. So Brentwood Academy will start at the – so we'll say the 16-yard line, first and 10 in the red zone. Snap is back. Going to give it to, to the number seven this time, the running back. And I tell you, he's <laughs> – Scott is awful good, but number seven, Richard Griffin, is pretty good himself. They're all three very impressive, Josh. And then once again, Brockers is continually to struggle against this run. You would think they had made some adjustments and had it figured out by now, but no, with 11 minutes and 15 seconds to go, the running attack from the Eagles has still been impressive. Second down and six after the gain of four. This time they go to their third team running back, and he's going to get a, a decent gain up the middle of the field. Looks like he picked up about three yards. It'll bring up, bring up third down and short for the Eagles. Bellevue on the carry. I said a lot of lightning out in the area behind the south corner of the end zone. Yeah, so anyway, they snap it back. They're going to give it to uh, the running back again. This time, Briarcrest is all over that play. It was third down, third and about two, no gain on the play, so it's going to be fourth down for the Eagles. Looks like they are going to trot the field goal, field goal team onto the field. I will tell Josh Rivera back in the studio, because of this lightning, they are taking lightning quick breaks. Yes. <laughs> it's like we, they're we pushing to get this game through. They're pushing to get this. So it's like I think we can only get one commercial in at a time. But anyway, Brentwood in for a 25-yard field goal. The ball is down. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So Brentwood with 10 minutes and 15 seconds to go now leads Briarcrest 31-7. to We will be back with Briarcrest football right after this commercial break. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisals Goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. EPM Appraisals presents Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, Brentwood Academy Field, and Brentwood 
It's been nothing but Brentwood here in the second half. It was 14-7 at halftime, Brentwood. And it is now with 10 minutes and 15 seconds left to go in the game, 31-7 Brentwood. It's been an impressive performance by the running game. There's the kick. The kick is deep. This time not well. It's still going to go five yards deep into the end zone. And so Briarcrest once again will have it first down and 10 at the 20-yard line. Yeah, the only thing that's different than last week about this game is the lack of Briarcrest's offense in the second half. Yeah. Last week they outscored the Mustangs. 28 or 21 to 7 in the second half, and this week we're being outscored 17 to nothing. Very uncharacteristic of this Briarcrest offense. So, J.D. Sherrod and a quarterback, he's really had a, a, an up and down game. He's had some beautiful runs, has made some nice passes, got hurt briefly, but it's not enough to take him out of the game. But so he's still in there. Sherrod's going to pass it, passes it out in the flats out to the 25 yard line. It's caught by Johnson. He will lunge forward and get a Briarcrest first down all the way out to the 31 of the Saints. Yeah, nice job by Devin Johnson making a man miss and evading another tackle for the first down. Keeping the chains moving for Briarcrest. Got to move quickly here. Sherrod. Barking out the signals, went up and kind of said something to the offensive lineman. He takes a snap. He's back to pass. He's got time. Now he's going to run, looking, looking, looking. He's Oh, he should have just gone around and run the ball, but he tried to throw it. He did not reel. He couldn't feel that pressure from behind him when he tried to stop and throw. Anyway, got hit as he threw, and it's an, incom- an incomplete pass. Yeah, Stroud really thought he had more time. He actually had Max Carroll open to his right, but trying to hit downfield. I think he had Reed Linder was the intended target downfield, but great pressure once again by the Brentwood Academy defensive line. Yeah, and the way Brentwood's pass rush has been, you've really got to make your these plays that get strung out. You either got to run or pass. You can't really second-guess yourself. So, anyway, Sherrod is still back there. Takes a snap, looking, 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 under pressure. He's being hit. He throws the ball. It's going to be picked off by Brentwood down to the 30, down to the 20, down to the 10, and all the way into the end zone, Brentwood Academy, a pick six. And Brentwood now has broken this game wide open. It's going to be 37 Brentwood, 7 Briarcrest. Unbelievable. Now the Saints are out being outscored 24 to nothing in the second half. And this offense led by J.D. Stroud is just struggling tonight. That was number 10, Luke Robinson, their sophomore linebacker with a fantastic read on that interception and taking it all the way to the house. 20-31 yard interception run. As I just said, Brentwood leads now 37-7 pending the PAT. And the PAT team team is jogging onto the field. Briarcrest had a few too many players on the field, but they get off. So now that we're about to have the kick, ball is going to be spotted down at the 10-yard line. Brentwood, kicker, has uh, been successful all night, and he will be successful again. That kick is good. And so with nine minutes and 31 seconds to go, Briarcrest is trailing 38-7 against Brentwood Academy. We will uh, go back, and we will be back right after this radio break. Advisory services offered through Pride Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. Hi, this is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. You know, there was a time when most people could work on their own cars. Cars were less complicated, and people seemed to have more free time. Now, many people don't even top up their own wiper fluid. Just like cars, investments have gotten more complicated, too. At Peer Financial Advisors, we professionally manage custom portfolios based on your needs. Whether you have $300,000 or $30 million, give us a call, 901-471-8100. Okay, we are back, and I tell you, they are really getting these teams on and off the field very quickly. There is lightning 
popping all over the place to the south of us. I'm a little surprised they haven't stopped the game, but they're not. But what they have determined is there's not going to be any piddling around. <laughs> they're they're going to run plays and get this game over with. And so there's the kick from Brentwood. Once again, it is deep. Once again, it'll go in the end zone. And once again, Briar Crest will have it first down and 10 from the 20-yard line. Look at it was a flag thrown near the Briarcrest sideline. Hard to. Sideline warning. The proverbial sideline warning. You have to get one of those in a game, I think. Yep. I think it's – did the refs get paid by how many of those? They? I don't even know if it was a warning. It might just be an actual flag because they already get Brentwood a warning. I think it's just one warning in general. So they might be backing this up. And they are, they are. backing Briarcrest up. It's kind of difficult to get a penalty on a – kick in the end zone, but somehow that happened. So now, you know, Parker, the Saints need to start thinking about next week. Um, you know, they've got a big game against the Soto Central, and so now even though this game is they're obviously not going to win, they still want to get something going here to just get in the right frame of mind for next week. Yeah, a little bit of a rhythm is hopefully what you're trying to get into, and I was thinking at some point do you trot out there Cade Carlson see what he can manage? Well, he's warming up. Sherrod uh, throws a pass. It's off the hands of uh, number five, Jack Gleason, and that'll be an incomplete pass. Pass had a little too much zip on it from Sherrod, a little too hard. Either way, second and ten for the Saints at their own 15-yard line. So, yeah, we will be back at the friendly confines next week at DeSoto Central. I'm looking forward to that. We've enjoyed a couple of road games, but like to be back home. Yeah, road trip to Nashville is fun with three straight home games coming up for the Saints with DeSoto Central, Christian Brothers, and Wooddale, which is homecoming night. Second down and ten for Briarcrest. Sherrod looking to pass under pressure again. He's going to get the one. It's almost like a broken record. He's hit as he throws the ball, which caused the ball to pop up in the air and go about five yards. Brentwood's picking it up and acting like they're going to return it, but they can't. The referee says it's an incomplete pass, so it's going to be third down and ten for the Saints. Yeah, once again, this offensive line for Braggers really struggling to protect J.D. Sherrod, and their defensive line is just putting on constant pressure. Sherrod is going to be a sore young man tomorrow. He's taking a lot of hits tonight. Now Briar Crest is kind of kind of slowing the game down a little bit. Sherrod looking over to the sidelines, getting signals in from there. About eight seconds left on the game clock. They may have to call a timeout. Four seconds left. Three. But Sherrod is confused. He, then they will call a timeout. And Sherrod is like looking over the sidelines. He's really frustrated right now, kind of upset with the coaches and the players. And it's just one of those nights where you can get frustrated. It's one of those nights. Especially in the second half, nothing can go the Saints' way. You had the fumble. You had the pick six. You had the block punt. Just completely struggling for the Saints. And you got to, as you said earlier, try to get some middle and build into your DeSoto Central matchup next week which will not be an easy game. should be a very tough task. They played on the road last year, and I believe won by only one touchdown, and they had to come back in that one. Yeah, that ought to be a good one over at uh, Joseph Clayton Field next week. We're excited to be there and bring it to you here on KWAM. Uh, wanted to let you know about a show tomorrow morning. They squabble on air just like a married couple because they are. Listen to Chet and Dr. Sherry Hopper on Saturday as they break down the big stories in Memphis and across the nation. Chet and Sherry at 10 a.m. on the Mighty 990. You want to let somebody argue tomorrow? <laughs> I guess I've heard that show is announced. It is a fun show to That's listen to. It's a good to. show. Yeah, I like that show. Snap to Sherrod. He's back to pass. Looking under pressure. He's rolling away from it. He is going to get a man downfield. He has Linder 
uh, but Sherrod was really had to throw that ball on the run. Linder was double covered, and it just went out of bounds. So there's actually the clock continues to run here, even though it's not quite 35 points. They may be invoking the lightning rule. Yeah. Sherrod, like, especially on that was just on, he's just on, he's always on the run and not in the good ways where he's scrambling for positive yards. On the run of Vedding, another sack as Cooper Allen out punt from his own goal line. So Allen back into punt. He's had a little bit too much action tonight. A little bit of a low snap, but he takes it. A booming punt's going to be. He's going to drive the Brentwood uh, deep man back all the way to the 30-yard line. He does pick the ball up, and he's returned it up to the 40. Now to the 45, to the 50. He's on his feet to the uh, 45, and now all the way down the 40. And that was uh, class, and there is a penalty flag down, though, around the 42-yard line. This one might be coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And either way, a fantastic return by number 11. For the Eagles, number 11, Meyer Pereira, who's had a great game on special teams and receiving. One thing I do want to say tonight, Parker, so uh, I won't get in trouble at home, I do want to tell my wife I love her. You know why? Anniversary? Tonight is my anniversary. We've been married 39 years. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. We will celebrate tomorrow. I told her I had to come up and be with Parker May tonight. (laughs) But uh, we're going to go – Going to go live at the Garden tomorrow and see the Doobie Brothers. That'll, so that'll be fun. Be, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, but she's put up with – it's uh, congratulations to me and condolences to her <laughs> after 39 years of putting up with me. <laughs> well, it made me think of it when we talked about the uh, Dr. Sherry and Chet show. Wonderful see Carlson in the game. If the Saints get another drive on offense, still continuing to warm up here. On the near sideline, it's actually a new quarterback in the game for Brentwood Academy as McIntyre's day is finished. They hand it off up the middle. This time gets hit at the line of scrimmage. They being Brentwood, and that'll be a no-gainer. Second down and 10 for the Eagles. This is backup quarterback number eight, Tyler Dixie. A smaller quarterback, just 5'9", senior. So Dixie into the game. For the Eagles, like you said, very uh, a diminutive young man. He takes it. Oh, and the uh, snap is fumbled this time. Briarcrest is trying to pick up the ball. There's a scramble for it in the middle of uh, batted around the 27-28 yard line. I do not see a signal yet. Briarcrest is saying they have it, and they do. So Briarcrest finally gets a break uh, here in the second half, and they're going to have the ball deep into Eagle territory. Yeah, Brock Lessig, the senior linebacker, comes up with the fumble recovery. And I believe we will be seeing Cade Carlson make his debut tonight as he's still talking to Coach Zonis on the sideline. We'll see a little bit of some younger offensive linemen getting their chances as well. So Cade Carlson, who is the very unique situation, he was the player of the week according to the Daily Memphian and all of the high school football in Memphis, and then next week he does not start. Now, we know the reason for that. J.D. Sherrod had an injury first couple of weeks and uh, had to sit out. Uh, Cade played fantastic football, so J.D. is a starter. And uh, Wow. I'm sorry I'm sorry. I keep wow. saying that, but they are full-blown bolts of lightning. This is not this heat lightning. This I mean, is real life. <laughs> this is, this the, is kind, the real deal stuff. This is the kind where they start blowing the horn on the golf course and uh, get you off, but uh, – but, I, I, well, I, I don't know whether to, what to say about the officials here at Brentwood. They're flat out determined to get this game in despite that. 
Yeah, they're very persistent and determined <laughs> to get this final four and a half minutes played. As Cade Carlson, the offense, with a little bit of some younger players, Nate Rennick's in there and tied in and fitting Williams at running back. Great field position on the Eagle 28-yard line. Cade Carlson, and wow, I mean, y'all, there. these are major strikes. He fumbles the snap and will be sacked immediately uh, by the Brentwood <laughs> defensive lineman. It looks like a fireworks show going on. I mean, 38-7 game, I'm thinking discretion's a better part of valor here. You just call this thing and go home. For the safety. That's, that's 100%. That last one looked like it was just behind the stands <laughs> on the opposite side of the field. So, and uh, Brentwood Academy's defensive back, our linebacker, was maybe more offsides than I've ever seen another football player. That was Richard Griffin, the outside <laughs> linebacker, who completely tried to guess the snap count. He was 1,000% wrong. Oh, yeah. it was He was like five yards offsides <laughs> way before the, the ball. Whoa. I mean, we are jumping, people. This lightning is unbelievable. So, low snap again. Carlson picks the ball up. He's rolling out. He's going to run the football and just lunge forward up to the 25-yard line. Nice job that time by Cade just to get something out of nothing. Yeah, very uncharacteristic. We've seen a long snapping problems, and now the second-string offensive line is struggling. Just getting the ball to the quarterback. Either so, way, Carlson gets a two-yard gain. Saints have a lot to work on next week before they take on DeSoto Central. Three minutes and uh, about ten seconds to go in the ball game. Brentwood leading 38-7. Cade Carlson in at quarterback for J.D. Sherrod. The snap is back. He's looking to pass. He throws the ball. He has a man, and that ball, I could not tell if it was caught, but it was not. Did he catch it? Uh, he apparently did not because they are coming back. Now it is thundering. If you were at home going, why is this guy giving you weather updates? If you were seeing and hearing what we were, <laughs> you, you'd, you'd be, be jumping. <laughs> That's right. Fourth down for Briarcrest. They'll go for it. Fourth down and eight. The ball is around the 25. Carlson's going to roll out. He's looking to pass, but now he's under tremendous pressure, and he'll be sacked all the way back at the 31-yard line. Under two and a half minutes to go here now at Brentwood Academy. This is just a complete unfortunate event. As this team was, we thought it was going to be a very competitive, evenly matched game, and Brentwood Academy has played fantastically, led by their star quarterback, George McIntyre. Well, at halftime, it was 14-7, to 7, Brentwood, and you and I were, you know, saying, wow, this is We were optimistic. Great. Yeah, optimistic. It was similar to last week when Saints fell behind and made it a game at half and then came back and won. But it was a, you know, it's been the running game uh, of Brentwood this time. The Saints have found no answer for it all night long. Yeah, no answer. He's just been – their running backs have been completely dominant. I mean, all three of them you've had. Deuce Scott, Richard Griffin, and Brex Belleville, all three being great contributors, and they've all been dominant tonight. So Briarcrest with four down linemen, and, four, and they're really crowding the line of scrimmage. And so it looks like actually Brentwood is going to just take a knee this time and try to run out this last minute and 20 seconds. Yeah, they've been uh, doing a running clock here. Um, I'm assuming that is because of the – Lightning. Normally it's a 35-point lead when you do that. This is only a 31-point lead, but with all this lightning around and their determination to finish the game, uh, they are going to um, they let the clock continue to run. So we're right at a minute to go in the game now. Brentwood is lining up. They are in the proverbial victory formation with the quarterback <laughs> dropping back Kick. into the 
the shotgun. He has two running backs on either side of him. Then he has the deep safety back behind him in case the ball goes over his head. Once again, he'll take the snap and take the knee, and that might possibly be the last snap of the game. Let's see what they say. And so, so. Yeah, it looks like it is going to be the last play of the game. So, Parker May, I want to get out of here rather quickly with all this lightning. So, why don't you tell the folks how would you what what do you see here? What does Briarcrest need to do next week to get ready for DeSoto Central? You've clearly got a lot of work to do in practice this week. You got to work on your run defense outstandingly, and even just your almost your team of chemistry. Get your long snapping mechanics and even your snapping mechanics. Special team kinks worked out, and get some more chemistry in that quarterback room. Yeah, get that situation worked out, and hopefully, we'll be talking about another W next week, and hopefully a comeback, bounce back win against DeSoto Central. And so you've been listening to Briarcrest football here on KWAM. The final score from here in Nashville, Brentwood Academy 38, Briarcrest 7. We will go back to the studio and Josh Rivera for the post-game show. Good night, everybody. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisals Goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, Live Life Well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage in the Mid-South. The Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM. KWAM Memphis. A Starnes Media Group station. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the EPM Appraisals Post Game Show. EPM Appraisals. Evaluating property in the Mid-South. Here's Josh Rivera. Probably not the game you were expecting. Brentwood taking care of business against Briarcrest. Final score being 38-7. You started out the game thinking that Briarcrest kind of had a shot at the half. I mean, it was only 14-7 at that point. We thought, you know, with last week's result, it would be a lot closer of a game. I feel bad for Josh Davis and Parker May. I mean, I I was worried they were going to get struck by lightning at one point. I I don't know why they didn't call the game. I mean, the game was pretty much over. But, I mean, it, it was a smart decision for them to take the knee over there towards the end. Um, and, and now the final score is 38 to seven Briarcrest is going to have a tough bus ride home, uh, falling to a two and one record. Um, last week, I mean, we, we really thought this was going to be 
uh, kind of a jumping point for them after a really big win that they could go back to Brentwood and get another win. If you remember last year, the the Saints beat the the Brentwood Eagles 17 to seven. Um, and, and I'm just kind of surprised that this was the game that, that we got. Um, so really tough for the Saints, but they're going to hope to bounce back next week. And we're going to, of course, have that live coverage here on the Mighty 990. I want to thank our post-game show sponsor, EPM Appraisals. Uh, EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And we're going to jump into some uh, scores, some of these finals, some of these still kind of oncoming, um, and then just give you an update on some Thursday night scores uh, from last night, just give you an update on those games as well. We have a final call for Lausanne, number one Lausanne. They're remaining undefeated. Uh, they were up by a lot and a half, and so this one doesn't come too much as a shock. I, I predicted that this game would be pretty easy for them. Um, they win the game 47-0 to zero against Wooddale. So now, like I said, Lausanne keeping their uh, uh, undefeated streak running. Number seven, Collierville. Here's another called game. Uh, Collierville 37 to White Stations 6. I, I told you in the beginning of the show, in Collierville, they have a lot to prove this season. I talked to their coach, and he said uh, having an undefeated regular season last year and having a tough playoff loss uh, at the end of the season that they want to come back and they really want to try to get a deep run in the playoffs again and win it all. And so they're going to continue their undefeated streak uh, winning against White Station 37-6. to six. Uh, MUS versus SBA, another situation, a team that's coming off a tough loss, uh, but they're going to come back tonight and get a win in their column. They win 49-8 to eight against SBA, and this is an SBA team, again, that I predicted was probably not going to win at all. I mean, this is it, it was pretty brutal, this game, 49-8, to eight, final score. or I, Actually, it's not final score, but I think it's pretty safe to call that game right now. Game of the week, it's actually kind of close. Whitehaven and uh, Germantown, number 10 Whitehaven, number 6 Germantown. This is the game I told you I, I was the most excited for this game. Whitehaven, I, my my idea was, is this Whitehaven's good defense or easy schedule? And then in terms of Germantown uh, having two impressive wins to begin the season, I felt like they had, they, had more, uh, they had more preparation getting two quality wins over two good teams. And right now, I mean, uh, Germantown is up 17 to uh, Whitehaven's 14. It's only a three-point game. Game's not over yet, but that's the game to watch for me. I'm excited to see how that game turns out, uh, uh, and we'll see um, if Germans can pull out uh, this victory. Number five, Houston. If you remember last week versus Briarcrest, Houston dropped that game, but they're not dropping this one. They're up 42-6 to against Cordova. Houston looking to steal this game and get back uh, uh, get, getting back to over 500 record at two and one. The game's not called yet, but that one's pretty safe to call as well. North Point Christian and Marshall County. I think that game is called as well. I just saw North Point's uh, Twitter account. I think they called that game 43 to Marshall County's 14, uh, and then Bolivar Central six to Ripley zero. This is a game that I didn't expect. Christian Brothers coming off the gate at number 15 rank in Memphis. I think that's probably going to fall after this game. They lost 44. They're losing, rather, 44-10 to 10 right now against Ensworth. That game I did not see coming. I mean, this is a, a Christian Brothers team that a lot of people had a lot of expectations for. And I really didn't see them being down this hole to Ensworth. I mean, this is a team that also lost to Ensworth 45-19. to 19, So kind of, kind of a similar score. And as we already mentioned, I mean, Christian Brothers has a 3-3 three and three away record last year, so they need to get better on the road. Uh, I think I expect a little bit more from Christian Brothers in this game, but it seems like they're going to drop this one as well. Uh, Kirk Academy and North Delta, 35-9, to nine, North Delta being up. And then we have a close game, uh, Brighton and Overton, 20-26 to 26 right now, Overton taking the lead. Center Hill up 41 to Kirby 0. Number 22, Covington, uh, they're up 44 to Millington's 0. 
Uh, Bartlett also looking to run away with this game against Arlington. Bartlett is up 42-11. to 11. I mean, this is a Bartlett team that took a smack in, 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 in Alabama when they went on the road to play an Alabama powerhouse team in Hoover. It looks like they're coming back with a vengeance, and they're up 42-11 to 11 right now against Arlington. Also have a uh, an interesting game, Memphis Central and Dyer County. Memphis Central was up 30-0 to zero in that game against Dyer County. It's now 30-24. to 24. They've managed to, to, to hold... Uh, Dyer County's managed to hold Memphis Central scoreless for the rest of the game, and now it's a six-point game. That's an interesting one. We'll see what's going to happen with that game. I did not see that comeback coming for Dyer County. Really impressive, and if they drop this game, it's still a really impressive drive to still make it a game. Um, have Bahalia and Lewisburg. Lewisburg is up 36-0 to zero against Bahalia, and then Olive Branch right now up 23-0 to zero to St. George's. FACS, I have to check on that, but I believe it's 21-0 to zero against Harding. Uh, and then in Lafayette, Lafayette started the season at number four in their rankings, and they're up right now against Horn Lake, 21-6. to six. And then Kosev and Corinth, they're up, uh, they're tied right now at seven. And when I come back, I'm going to talk to a really interesting uh, person who actually has a podcast that you should listen to, a host of the H&H podcast. I have Jackson Huey coming with me on the show. We're going to talk some Tiger football. Uh, the Memphis Tigers, they start the season tomorrow up against uh, Mississippi State up there in uh, Starkville. And I want to talk to him about um, some Tiger football, but he was also at the Covington High School game. In Covington, they were up 44-0 to in Millington. I want to talk to him about that game and see uh, what the energy is like over there um, where he's at. And we'll get all of that when we come back from these messages. When it comes to appraisals, you deserve fairness, accuracy, and honesty. EPM Appraisal's goal is simply an unbeatable experience for you. Call Evaluating Property in the Mid-South, EPM, today and ask about services, fees, and turn times. EPM continues to set the bar and standard in the appraisal industry with guaranteed max five business day turn times. EPM promises you'll see the difference too. 901-412-9888 or click epmappraisals.com. EPM Appraisals, a proud supporter of all Briarcrest sports. Magnolia Homes is your local luxury home builder in the Memphis area. Magnolia Homes is committed to their slogan, live life well, and pledge their attention to the curated design and personalized features that reflect distinctive taste. They pledge their attention to craftsmanship, originality, superior materials, and dedication to their homeowner's total satisfaction. Celebrating 35 years, Magnolia Homes is a locally family-owned business by Karen Garner and Reggie Garner Jr. Explore their six communities with five furnished models. Click yourmagnoliahome.com for more info. Advisory services offered through Prime Capital Investments Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor, Overland Park, Kansas. If you wanted to sail a ship across the Atlantic Ocean, wouldn't you want to take someone along who had done it before? Someone who knew the ropes, who had survived the storms? This is Rick Ditter, founder of Peer Financial Advisors. I often wonder why so many people go it alone with their investments or trust their financial future to a friend or relative rather than a seasoned professional. If you're looking for a wealth manager who has weathered the financial storms, give us a call at Peer Financial Advisors, 901-471-8100. APM Appraisals presents Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. APM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Welcome back to the post-game show. The post-game show brought to you by EPM Appraisals. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. And I have a really interesting guest on the line right now. His name is Jackson Huey, and he's actually the host of the H&H podcast. And Jackson, I want to thank you for joining the show. Yes, sir. Anytime. All right, so you were actually at the Covington game, and it, and it seemed like they were just destroying Millington. What, what were your thoughts on the game, the environment, and what were your thoughts on how Covington played? Um, Covington played phenomenal, um, I thought. Just really, 
they put up 44 in the first half. We went into halftime up 44 to nothing. And, uh, you know, after that, most of the starters are pulled. So it wasn't much more after that. But I thought Covington played good. Um, big first region win for Covington. Yeah, what was the environment like over there at the school? Uh, it was it was okay. I mean, not 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 usual because it's Labor Day weekend, so a lot of people going out of town, you know. Yeah, um, of course. So, but it was still a pretty good environment, in my, I think. All right. Well, uh, Tiger football is back, and I know that's really exciting for all of us, and especially you, I'm sure. You're really well-connected with Tiger football and all that, and they, they're going to play against Mississippi State tomorrow. And I'm curious to know, they're going to be in Starkville territory. What are your expectations for Memphis football? I mean, they had a 6-6 six and six record last year. Do you have higher expectations for this team, and what do you see happening against Mississippi State? Um, I have much higher expectations, in my opinion. Um, I could easily see this team winning eight-plus games. Maybe even ten. Um, I'm really excited for year two of Seth Hennigan. I think that's going to just his growth is going to be phenomenal. I mean, because last year as a freshman he played great, and I think having that off season under his belt, he, it's going to be that much more improvement. You know. Yeah, and and I actually I just. Uh... Uh, you have, you posted a YouTube video on your channel, uh, the HH podcast, and I saw that you guys did a video on some of the top SEC teams, your, your predictions on the top SEC teams, rather. And I'm curious to know your opinion for the for the for the audience. What are some of the top SEC teams to look at? I mean, obviously Alabama, Georgia, we all know those big ones. But what are some of the dark horses? Some of the teams that maybe uh, you can see coming in, uh, in that conference to to have a really big season. Yeah, like you said, obviously with Alabama and Georgia. Um, I think... Are you there, I Jackson? I think Arkansas... Yes, sir. I think Arkansas may shock some people. Um, they had a really good year last year. And obviously they bring back the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. Um, and then... Um, another team is probably... Off the top of my head, maybe like I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's okay. But I mean, I know that we're excited for Memphis. I will say, I, th- I a lot of people are not very high on South Carolina, but I think South Carolina can be pretty good this year with Spencer Rattler coming in and um, the, their head coach obviously well exceeded expectations last season, so. I'm excited to see what they can do. All right. Well, Jackson, I just have maybe like one more minute left for you. And I'm curious to know, uh, kind of what, you know, you have a podcast and I, I'm glad to plug that in for you. And I'm curious to know where did this come from? Where, where does your interest talking about sports and, and all that? I'm curious to know kind of the backstory just really quick. Yeah. Me and my friend Tanner, Tanner Hicks, we're big sports fans, big Tiger fans, especially. And he came to me with the idea a few months back and it was kind of about, I would say about February, March, he came to me with the idea. And I was all in, but I had to, I'm, I'm battling cancer right now. Been, so I had to get some treatments done before I could start. So we did, the, I got those done and then we finally got started. And that's just how it kind of happened. 
All right. Well, Jackson, I want to thank you for joining the show. Uh, and I hope you, uh, you know, I hope we have a great season in Memphis and, and, and I hope to, 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 to see you at some point soon. Thank you, Jackson, for joining the show. Anytime, man. Thank you. Of course. All right. That was Jackson Huey, host of the H&H podcast, um, giving his thoughts on Tiger football. And uh, when we come back, I'm just going to recap some of these scores, maybe talk a little bit more uh, college uh, Tiger football. And we're going to close out the show after that and just lead you into Labor Day weekend. When we come back, I'll jump to those scores and we'll get back after these messages. Frame your stories for a lifetime. Rando Framing Gallery provides a wide variety of frames for senior pictures, wedding photographs, high school and college diplomas, jerseys, art, and restores frames for historical prints and paintings as well. A local family business. Let Rando Framing Gallery serve you with distinctive custom designs. There is something for everyone. Rando Framing Gallery, located in the Germantown Collection, off Poplar and Exeter. Easy to park, easy to get it done, and easy to get out. Curbside parking available. A really smart bank lets its customers do the talking. In bigger banks, you get lost in the shuffle. Here, that's not the case. When you walk in, everybody knows who you are. She knows my name, and I know her name. I think this bank has personality. I tell everyone about it. They think independently, and they allow people to realize their dreams. I see myself still with Independent Bank in 10 years. Isn't it time you switched to Independent Bank? Independence to me is freedom. Independent Bank. Locally owned and FDIC insured. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage in the Mid-South. The Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM. KWAM Memphis. A Starnes Media Group station. Welcome back to the uh, post-game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. A post-game show sponsored by them evaluating property in the Mid-South. I'm going to close the show. Just going to give you a quick refresher. I have an update actually on ECS and Tupelo Christian. ECS up on Tupelo Christian 23-3 to right now. And in another Kind of uh, uh, kind of surprised. I mean, Germantown, I mean, I told you they were up 17 to 14, um, and they're up, and it seems like they're three minutes away from securing that win. Now, mind you, that would be a start of the se- that would be one heck of a starting season beating CBHS, MUS, and now if they can complete uh, this game, they'll beat Whitehaven as well. Um, we'll see what happens with that game, but it seems like Germantown might run away with this one, uh, winning it pretty late. And uh, just a quick recap with Lausanne and Wooddale. Uh, this is a team that's number one, and they jumped to a two and zero record. So they're up. For, they they won the game forty seven to zero against Wooddale. Collierville thirty seven to six final score against White Station. Collierville jumping to uh, another undefeated season. It seems thirty and zero right now. Uh, MUS taking care of business against SBA forty nine to eight. And then you have Houston, the rank the number five ranked team according to Max Preps in Memphis forty two to six in Cordova. And lastly, I'm just going to finish with. Uh, this impressive victory against Christian Brothers Ensworth jumping off the gate and taking care of business against Christian Brothers. They 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 were up 44 to 10 last time I checked. It seems like Ensworth is going to secure that victory. Don't think that game is called right now. And I mean, we have college football. College football is back, and that's exciting. I'm going to jump through some games, some notable games, just to look forward to uh, tomorrow. Uh, right now, and we have Texas A&M playing against Sam Houston, uh, North Carolina State playing against East Carolina. Uh, Colorado State and Michigan. Michigan's ranked number eight. Um, for the Mid-South fans, 19 Arkansas is going to be playing 23 Cincinnati. And then number nine, Oklahoma is going to be playing UTEP. Memphis plays against Mississippi State. Big game against uh, two really highly ranked teams, number 11, Oregon, and number three, Georgia. Um, we also have another match with uh, another SEC team, Kentucky, number 20. They're going to be playing against Miami uh, and Ohio. Um, so that'll be an exciting game. And then Notre Dame and Ohio State, that's probably the marquee game. You have Alabama who's playing Utah State, but that should be pretty easy. 
uh, for Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Um, but, but definitely be on the lookout for Notre Dame and Ohio State. That's going to be a really good matchup. And then Clemson and Georgia Tech, that's also going to be kicking off tomorrow uh, at 7 o'clock. So a lot of college football games, really excited for that. Um, and we're just re looking forward to more football. It's that time of season, and we always love more football. But for uh, here in the Mighty 99 Studios, that's going to be it for the post-game show for all the coverage. I want to thank Josh Davis and Parker May. Fantastic coverage uh, of tonight's game, and, and hopefully we can rack out another win uh, next week. Um, but that's going to be it for us. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, UPM Appraisals, uh, for the post-game show, Evaluating Property in the Mid-South. We'll be back next Friday as we continue to bring you live coverage, scores, and news of high school football here on the Mighty 990. Have a great weekend, everyone.